Hello, everybody, and welcome. Uh, uh, we ask that you please put on your Carolina blue because it is time for episode two of the PA Turn Pod. I am Rob, and today I'm joined by my co-host, the head athletic director for Bishop Sycamore High School for Grown Men, Joel. How are you, buddy? What up, what up, what up? After some technical difficulties, I'm doing all right, though. But yeah, tons of hurricane stuff here. Uh, my internet is cutting out. I'm currently uh, two different people in Zoom meeting. So we're, we're going to try to get this done. We're going to see if we can get this. Um, Joel, tell the people how they can find us and how they can contact us. After our big success over episode one, thank you for all the followers and listeners. Um, you can follow us again on Instagram at PA underscore turnpod, all one word. And if you want to join the mailbag, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, anything, shoot us an email and it will be read, possibly read live on the air at paturnpod at gmail.com. And Rob, what do we have for the listeners if when we reach 100? Well, we, have a, listens? we have a special little episode uh, when we get to 100 listens or 100 Instagram followers. Joel and I are going to do a bonus episode. We're going to nerd out. It's going to be NBA related. Um, I don't want to spoil the secret yet, but we do have plans to do something that's actually pretty cool. And I think it'll relate to what is actually happening in the NBA potentially in the next few years. So uh, I'll put a little hush. We'll leave it at that. Uh, but we're going to get going uh, today. I guess the big story in sports, I guess we might as well just lead with uh, Bishop Sycamore High School for Grown Men. Um, what do you got for me? Where do you want to start? Oh, my goodness. Bro, I didn't. I saw this on the timeline. I'm like, all right, I don't know what this is. Throw away, whatever. All right, high school team lost. Big deal. Whatever. <laughs> As you look more and more, yeah, lost each 51 day to nothing. <laughs> the mothership is getting blamed. Like, why would you be putting this on national television? You know what? This is what happens when you pay all the money to Stephen A. Smith and none of the money to anybody else. Dude, as I went down the rabbit hole of researches, <laughs> as ESP, I have it on my notes. ESPN was getting harassed for having this game online. Like, well, how can you not know that this is, you know, Bishop Sycamore basically is a fake school or just run by adults, kids, or athletes? It should have been. Uh, the the tip-off was when the, the kid that got hurt was lying on the field, and the announcer, I believe it was. Shout out to the announcer. I forget who it was. Was it Anas Sharaf? I forget who the internet, who the announcer was. He just goes, folks, I'll be honest with you, we don't have a number 53 on our, our sheet here, yeah. uh, but – uh, number 53 is down and we hope he's okay. Or whatever. That was like a uh, red did, flag. Like, um, okay. Something did you here. see, did, did you see the sheet that they got that? So the coaches or the, well, air quotes coaches from uh, Sycamore gave a sheet of uh, player names to the announcers and it was like 15 names long and none of them had numbers. No, I didn't see it. Oh my goodness. I'll send you it on. I, I might've sent it on Twitter. If, if, if we're going to post the, uh, the we'll post video the of this, we might as well just throw a little, yeah, we'll put it on the story. It, it had like 15 names. There was like two names that were pretty close to each other. It had a guy named Marquise Goodwin, which, I mean, considering the age that some of these kids were, it might have been the actual Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> right. um, granted, they probably would have scored had that been the case, but um, it was pretty pathetic. And I feel I feel horrible for the uh, the announcers, honestly, because they had to travel to this game, I believe, unless they did it remote. Um, I don't feel badly for IMG because they have older kids too, but not it, as it, what as... a waste of time that was. I don't feel bad for ESPN at all because if they didn't do any research, then they don't deserve to uh be completely absolved of blame for this one uh, do, do you want me to just read off some of the notes i have i literally have a page of notes 
Oh, so do I. Or, but real quick, do you, do you, all right, why don't you go first? Real quick, the mothership got blamed. You know what they did? They were like, well, we normally don't make the matchups for these. We have a third-party <laughs> company that makes the matchups. Our hands are clean. I'm like, you're the mothership. You yeah. are the worldwide leader in sport. You can't look at the paper like, who are these teams? No, you just blind trust. I'm surprised that it took this long for this to happen. What the I fuck? think it's hilarious that in the year, the year of our Lord 2021, you know, how much access to information everybody has, especially a big organization like that. And it, what are they? They're owned by Disney, right? Like probably like yeah, a multi-billion-dollar company. So they should be able to figure out if you know a, a residential home in Ohio is the address for a, a you know a fake school. Uh, what do you have? Because I have a lot here, <laughs> bro. Uh, this you, duplex you, came straight off of the Wonder Year set. This is craziness <laughs> right here, bro. I saw. I live like, around the corner from apartments. It looks like the apartments around the corner from here. I got to know. Very well, could there. be. <laughs> you know, all 38 people that were living in the one house. Jesus Christ! Together? A rat house, bro. This is oh nonsense. my goodness. So they, um, so IMG, first of all, the school that they played against, probably like the best high school uh, football program in the entire United States. So it's not their fault that they played against a bunch of kids nobody's ever heard of or a school that no one's ever heard of because they're probably playing against schools all the time that they've never heard of, right? Um, yeah, they had four part. Division One recruits on their. They have four Division One recruits on their defensive line alone. Their quarterback, uh, I forget what school he re- he was recruited to, but they showed him during the open, and he's like going to a legit, uh, like an ACC school. Um, and you knew from the get-go that the game was pretty much destined to be turned sideways. It was the first play from scrimmage that uh, Sycamore ran. None of the offensive linemen set a block, and the quarterback just got demolished. <laughs> it's like David Carr back in the day. This yeah. is nonsense. Oh, my goodness. Bro, um, let me go into the, the history of this yeah. nonsense real quick. Yeah, why don't you just bring us up to the day of the game, and I'll, I'll take it fill the in. because I have a lot of notes on the game. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, we'll start all the way back to 2018. That's how far back this goes. Roy Johnson, who would eventually become the now former head coach of Bishop Sycamore. I have a note about that, by the way. <laughs> started the online charter school whose identical goal as Bishop Sycamore was helping at-risk youth. Youth could be in quotes for this. And after scrutiny by state officials on whether classes were actually being taken at said school, the state had no, no, uh, no question but to revoke the school's license. And Johnson was then, for the first time, under investigation for, guess what, alleged fraud. I actually hmm. didn't know that was what happened i i mean i kind of assumed i put two and two together that, that may have been connected to it but i wouldn't have been surprised that they just pulled this guy off out of like a loop goil or something that decided to make him the head coach <laughs> well here's this 2019 one year later before rebranding to become bishop sycamore the team was then <laughs> called youth blind centurions founded in columbus ohio i bring columbus ohio because we'll find out one of the addresses is located in columbus ohio well, at least they were able to keep that portion of the story straight, right? Right. The only thing they could keep it straight, right? Yeah, seriously. COVID year, 2020. I know, trigger, trigger, 2020, COVID. Bishop Sycamore finally became the life. They played their first game. They lost 35 to nothing. All right. Whatever. Jitters, right? <laughs> well, here comes the hippo, the skeptical hippo eyes. How do you not have a red flag? Ahead of that game, apparently the athletic director, Mr. Dave Brown, spoke to the independent about his approach to building the team, which he notes 
he doesn't want players or coaches to look up info about the team online. Let me re- <laughs> let me say that again. You're an online charter school, yet the athletic director of said school does not want the players and the coach to look up their own school and everybody else. Just keep it hush hush. Red flag. How the hell are you going to try to tell these people? Don't look at the online school that you're attending to. Don't even look at the website. Just wing it. Just yeah, just wing it. Most of college. Just right? hope for the best, you know. Yeah, Most just of, hope for the best. Yeah, right. That was in September of 2020. A month later, Sycamore plays IMG Academy for the first time in their season finale. Sycamore didn't get shut out as they finally scored six points, but they lost 56 to six, and they finished the season 0 and six. Their closest game in that season, by the way, 37-14. At least they scored two touchdowns. No, no, no. The bigger question is, who is the team that gave up the 14 points of this team? <laughs> That's the biggest crime in here. Are we sure they weren't playing like middle schools or like peewee football teams? Well, there's no info on this, basically, so <laughs> we're just winging it as we go, right? Why yeah, I bring there's up not that a whole meeting... lot out there, evidently. Yeah, right? Why I bring up the IMG Academy, as you mentioned earlier, they played them. A year later, so here we are. 2021, August of 2021. Sycamore opens the season with another 38 nothing loss to Archbishop Hoban. No relation. I guess it's just, you know, Bishop is just a common school name out there, right? They're, they're heated. All right. They're, they're Rivals. Heated. That I was on. I would assume so anyway. True, 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 true. Like Manchester United and Manchester City. Yeah. New York Yankees, New York Mets. I get it, I get it. <laughs> that was on. This year, August 19, 2021. Guess what? Eight days later, they lost to the Rosox in Pennsylvania in a close 19-7 loss. Why I bring that up is because no football team would play two days later after that on, on August 27. They wouldn't play two days later against what is now known as the infamous game Bishop Sycamore versus IMG Academy on ESPN two days later. You lost again, and now you're on national television for the world, for the world to see. Now that's the that should have been a fireable offense from the get go. Playing two days later, I have some notes on the game. Unless you have anything else you want to touch on? Oh no, that's well. Basically, this oh, is boy. I'm going into the game, so you can just take over from there. But that's just me leading you up to All right, so August 29. So, like I mentioned prior, um, the first play of the game, none of the offensive linemen for Sycamore set a block, and the quarterback. <laughs> pretty much passed away. Uh, the second play, they had to call a timeout to avoid a delay of game. Um, they they don't have a punter on the team, so the quarterback had to double as the punter. So one of the punts, the quarterback just lined up as if it were a regular shotgun play, and they just backpedaled and punted. Um, later on in the game, he actually punted, and it got blocked to the back of the end zone for a safety. Um, Two points. The, so the running back for IMG at one point in, the, in about a quarter and a half of play had 13 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. And if you go on Twitter, you can find one of the highlights. He basically carries like three defenders into the end zone. Um, the left tackle for uh, IMG, I believe, is he, it's either Alabama. It's like a real school that's recruiting him. And they have like some guy that looks like he's built like me, lining up at right defensive end for Sycamore, <laughs> trying to run around this poor guy. No way. So the quarterback, the quarterback for Sycamore got hurt. And the backup quarterback was listed as a wide receiver defensive back. And he came in, he was wearing both the gloves. He had to take one of the gloves off to look like a quarterback. Uh, then I don't know if he got hurt or if they just took him out. And the same thing happened again. Then 
the next, the next quarterback was listed as a wide receiver in a DB. Um, so long story short, they lose 58, nothing. <laughs> and it turns out that every, almost every single player on their roster, which was like 25 deep, like not even that big of a roster. Yeah. They're like almost all junior college dropouts. The coach has the warrant out for his arrest. They showed him on TV. Um, Roy Johnson. The, the address for Bishop Sycamore is a house. Obviously, Bishop Sycamore, when you abbreviate it, is BS, which is <laughs> apropos. Um, oh, here's another one. They were sharing helmets. There's a there's a portion of the game where actually ESPN showed them running on and off the field. It was like they were Just panning handing. back to the like where the like so guys are coming off the field taking their helmets off and just handing them to the guy coming on as if it's like you know softball where you're handing your helmet to the batter and the, the helmets had the uh the, the mouthpieces attached to the face mask oh. so god only knows how many germs were being spread between the players there's no such thing as um, covid in the bishop sycamore world yeah. so did you see the interview that the, there was a former bishop sycamore player that did an interview um, i don't know if it was with the athletic or like a, a just like a smaller newspaper or anything like that so this kid went to Sycamore like two years ago, mm-hmm. and he said that there were 35 of those guys like sharing a house together, and they were just like basically put into this house, and none of them were working or anything, and none of them would go to like class, and they were basically robbing Walmarts and Kroger so that they could eat, and a handful of them almost got like stabbed by one another. It's just a bunch of like rugged dudes from New York and Ohio and everything. Uh, they had no Christ. supervision. They were recruited on a false pretense that they were going to get put on a, like a Netflix documentary, which now they might. They might. Um, so, yeah, they, they were promised to be on Netflix. They were given like these high expectations. They were given these brochures. It looked like a you know legitimate school. For sure. And it turns out to just be literal BS, which I guess was like the only thing they were honest about is that they were BS. <laughs> Basically. So, so they had no school. They had one attempt at having a class. These guys, according to this, this player, I forget his name. Uh, he probably didn't want it to be out there anyway. Yeah. Um, he said that they attempted to get like these 30 dudes who were like rugged football players to go into a, uh, a library where it was just like a total chaos and it did not work. Of course. <laughs> um, if you watch the video of them running on the field together, like, um, so as they're running on the field, one yeah. of the guys in the front looked like he was in, like a trainer because he was in street clothes. He goes down to one knee to like do the like the praying thing, and the guy behind him almost tripped over him, like as they're chalking on the field. <laughs> so, and it gets no better. So this is boy. more information than actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no TiVo in here. So it gets better. I'm almost done. So the coach, as you mentioned, was fired. Yeah, he was fired by the superintendent of the, I guess like the school district or whatever. Mm-hmm. That superintendent was also his defensive line coach, so he technically got fired by one of his assistants. Um, and, and one of the, one of the current players, or maybe it was this guy said that they didn't really go over any plays and the coach would take play designs from Madden, the video game and try to turn them into real, I mean, granted, some of those schemes are pretty accurate, but not to the same extent that like real football is. So he's calling out like halfback dive probably and like, you know, play action, tight end corner and, you know, fake uh, field goals and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and also, so the governor of Ohio announced that the, um, Bishop Sycamore is officially under state investigation, which I don't even know who they're going to sue for because this dude's already going to go to jail anyway. But I, I, I don't know. It's so chaotic. And I'm excited for next week when we record because there will probably be some weird stuff that comes out too. Like they were, I don't know, probably selling drugs out of this fake school or whatever, using it as like a money laundering scheme or something. Well, here's There's got to be something though. weird going. I don't know what this dude got from faking a school. I don't know, but here's one thing. It came out yesterday. August 31st, 
the AD, another athletic director, Andre Peterson, clapped back at the claims that he's running a scam. And he claps back saying, and I quote, I'm not gaining anything financially from doing this, end quote. Well, it should be noted that the day prior, there was an active GoFundMe account to raise 20K (laughs) for BS, and it only gained $140. (laughs) I want to know who gave one hundred and forty dollars away totality. I forgot to I forgot to put that in my notes. I saw that yesterday too. I was dying. And oh. then same day, BS closes their website saying it's down for maintenance. That's oh, what by I the way. say when I want to take the day off and watch reruns of The Office in my room. That's what I say. Down for by maintenance. By the way, their their website was just a blogspot page. It wasn't actually like <laughs> a, a real website. The way yeah, so it was like a blogspot. Um, like page that some dude was just sitting in like a basement somewhere editing all the time. There's so many layers to it. I can't wait to unfold more. Um, He would fail on the social network. If he was working on Facebook at the time, Mark Zuckerberg would fire him clean. What are you doing here? Yeah. If he's not, yeah, if he's not spying on you instead. Where do you register for classes? Oh, we don't do that here. It's just to look. Just come to the library next Tuesday. So it was in like October. It was after the season had already pretty much wrapped up. Uh, they went to this one class too. It was it was basically toward the end of the season. So none of these kids cared. And it seems like uh, they were like either problem children or like low income area kids. So like they didn't really care too much about yeah. ac- academics anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was they were just hoping that it was basically like a chance you type of thing. Which I mean they they probably will make a like an E sixty or a thirty for thirty on this, which well, I'm excited about. Or something. But yeah, I, I knew very little about that and. I also very, know very little about uh, mixed martial arts. So, Joel, uh, I need you to explain your sport. Um, we're gonna do a little, we're gonna do a little segment here called All Sports Roundup, uh, where we're gonna jump into some sports that we both know. One of us know. Uh, we have some insiders that are gonna come on. We're still trying to persuade a few, but uh, Joel has a lot of thoughts about the uh, the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight. Um, I mean, I don't know if if you watched it, if you illegally streamed it. I didn't even bother. I was tired. Um, we don't. We don't I, I want to know what your thoughts are. I, I've. I would. I just want to know what your thoughts are, and I want you to tell me just straight up: is is Woodley washed, or is Jake Paul like a legitimate fighter? Because I know Jake Paul does take it seriously. He takes it more seriously than you two. I would. I would imagine. And right. he, like he legitimately does train. He just beat the crap out of Nate Robinson a few months ago, and they they basically made it a point during that that like that telecast or whatever that you know Paul does take it pretty seriously. So you tell me. Well, first off, to answer your question, it's a no. Yes, no. Willie is not washed up. Yes, Jake Paul is a real fighter. He always has been a real fighter because he has been training. He is a professional. And he does, like you said, has been taking it seriously. The thing is, we, the general public, and I guess his peers in the combat sports world, doesn't view him that because he's a YouTuber, he's a Vine star, you know, he's a troll, he's, you know, Logan Paul's younger brother, you know, all that clout, all that mm-hmm. nonsense. So yeah, you're gonna be like, oh, who's this? Who is this kid? Knocks out Nate Robinson, sure, flatlined him actually, like dead, but. Nate Robinson didn't take him seriously, didn't basically train for it until the very end. This guy was legit training to like mm. fight, I don't know, a, a legit boxer when he wasn't, obviously. Um, look, man, it, it is what it is. It's a super fight, quote-unquote, but it's also entertainment. They're making a bag out of this. And 
drama sells mm-hmm. and celebrity sells. Sex sells as well, but they weren't selling sex here. Yeah, no, nobody wants to see that from these guys. No. Um, and they're polarizing, especially Jake Paul. Remember that whole scene when he took uh, Floyd Mayweather's oh, yeah. hat? And he wasn't even in the fight. It was his brother. But he took the hat, and it became a thing. He tried to do it, too, to Tyron. Tyron held on to that hat pretty good. Um, but, yeah, if you didn't know by now, Jake Paul defeated Tyron Woodley in a split decision. So he didn't flatline him, but he went the distance with an active, potentially future Hall of Fame UFC welterweight who was a dominant champion for a while. An active fighter, by the way. So that's Jake Paul's biggest test. And not only did he take big shots from Woodley, who is a power hitter in the MMA world, he took the shots, kept coming, landed some of his own, and ended up winning split decision. Now, do you say, I didn't see the fight. I'm not going to look at garbage. But I don't know. I didn't see the fight. Was it a little bit, a little, you know, split 50-50? Or was it like, hey, the bigger story, yeah, split decision, fuck it, just give it to Paul, you know, a little hush-hush money. And they both win at the end of the day because they both get it back. And then post-fight, and the crazy thing was the stipulation. Loser gets a tattoo of the winner's name on their body. What the fuck? And then here comes Tyrone Woodley post-game. I want a rematch. And fucking Paul's like, "Uh, get a tattoo. Bet. I'll get a tattoo of you. I don't care. I want a rematch. It means it's another bag. So a long answer, full circle. No, Woodley's not washed up. This was just, you know, him trying to make a bag. At the end of his career, trying to make a bag before you bow out gracefully. And for Paul, look, he has now a plethora of fighters waiting to, like, chop his head off. To be the first to beat Jake Paul, the boxer. Who would we thought of 2021 that we would be saying Jake Paul is, what, undefeated in boxing? Not me. Um, he has rematch with Woodley. He has, a re- he has a fight with Tommy Fury, who was fighting on that card, who's now 7-0. and and that last name is familiar. He's the half-brother of the lineal heavyweight champion, the Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury. He could have that matchup if he wanted to. And he also shot out Canelo Alvarez, which is a wild get. Uh-huh. Like, that's a... You're reaching for the moon right there. Jake Paul versus Canelo Alvarez. And if he starches Canelo... Come on now. Not even that. Not even that. If Canelo doesn't put him away in the first round, you're going to say it's rigged. You're going to say it's all this nonsense. But you're not going to say that Jake Paul's a legit boxer because he hang in there with Canelo Alvarez. And then, of course, you got Conor McGregor out there floating around, trolling him. Yeah, he's, he's always looking for a way to make more money. So that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. He, he does a lot of teasing of things on Twitter and everything. I, 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 I want to, I don't know. I'm kind of out on this like celebrity boxing stuff it was cool at first i like snoop dogg a lot and he was doing the uh the commentary, commentary when awesome. i watched the the robinson fight i'm kind of out on watching people do things they're not trained to do especially when they're this dangerous like you wouldn't want to watch you know swimmers play tackle football or something like it, it just does it feels unsafe and it feels kind of uh irresponsible to an extent hey man Michael, sure it's fun and I, I bet you this tackle. is his endurance is pretty wild i i people are watching honestly for the same reason they watch NASCAR where they just want to see crashes. They just want to see this dude get put on his ass. They just want to see him get punched in the mouth and yeah. fall. And that's all people are watching for. He's just playing like a heel role in real life. And he's play, he basically is playing a character on TV though. So whatever. Um, 
But what do you, what do you think happens next? Do um, you think they have a rematch? Or are they going to have a rematch? Uh, I I might say yeah, yeah. Fuck it. I think he's going to so. do the rematch. Woodley's adamant he wants a rematch. They're going to spice it up. People, it's a split decision too. It wasn't a, yeah. like a definitive win. So you have that argument. So it's a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger, so to speak, because they they're just setting it up for the next one. It, it feels almost like a wrestling storyline at that point. Yeah, basically. Um, but besides that, that's you, uh, a tragic boxing story for sure. But the eh. better combat sport, in my opinion, MMA. Over the weekend, I was going to ask, do you want to talk about uh, you want to talk about UFC? Buddy, let me tell you, the UFC gave us a beautiful, beautiful drop. They released a handful of fights for the mega card on at MSG on November sixth. Boy, it is a it's for UFC two sixty eight. It's a rematch. Kamara Usman, the dominant welterweight champion, going against Colby Covington rematch. It was a tight one, but. Usman stopped him. That's going to be a good fight. Co-main event. Thug Rose, Nama Yunus, the straw weight queen, going against the former champ, Wei Li Zhang. That's a rematch again because Rose beat Zhang for it. Then you got mm-hmm. my sleeper fight. Lightweight, top dogs. Chandler versus Gaethje. That's going to be fun. Then you have the return of Luke Rockhold. They're doing a lot of trash talking at middleweight. He hasn't fought in God knows how long. He going against Sean Strickland, I believe. Uh, Drain Duranemi. Facing Aldana at the bantamweight, that is a must-see, must-see fight. Iaquinta versus Green, that is violence in the cage. I, If I had to pay to watch the $70 to watch this card, I would watch that one right there. Iaquinta versus Green. And, of course, to round off the last fight that they announced over the weekend, the pride of Tom's River, Frankie the Answer Edgar, is back in the octagon against Marlon Vera. I can't wait. Uh, and those are just the fights that they announced. There's no fight order, so I don't know if there's main card or pay-per-view or prelims, but this is fucking awesome. And uh, hopefully they all are healthy, no COVID restrictions, everything's healthy, and all the fights happen. And uh, hopefully we get our MMA insider for that week to uh, help us break it down, but uh, we're working on that, so to speak. Yeah. Am I right? We're looking forward to getting him on. You guys all know who he is already. Uh, yeah. We don't need to introduce Come him. Come on. Redacted, uh, but we're looking forward to that. Um, uh, it, it does seem like it, a lot of my friends who I'm not a big MMA guy, but everybody I know who was into MMA and specifically UFC are very excited about that. So I'm happy for you, I'm happy for anybody, and I'm happy to have our insider on. Hopefully, he'll be able to talk about that because that sounds like a full podcast in, in and of itself, dude. That is going to be the most insane card of the year, guarantee it, guarantee it. Um, but that's it for the combat sports world, Rob. What is going on in the MLB? The playoff Ooh, I know, is coming. So I I have heard of a couple of those fighters. I've heard of every player in Major League Baseball. So let's talk about, I guess we have to. We haven't spoken about baseball yet. There's two people that we really want to talk about. One of them is Bryce Harper, who we'll get to. But how can you say the words, or I guess the letters MLB, and not say whose name? Shohei Otani. This man, if he is a man... If he's not just a machine with robotic arms and legs, this dude's a tank. Have you seen him? It's a big boy. I, I've never seen anybody. And we literally have not seen anybody in our lifetime in major league baseball, pump 95 miles an hour on the mound with sink and cut and ridiculous stuff. 
and then just hit bombs. This dude leads Major League Baseball in home runs. Um, as of the time we're recording, I haven't checked, but unless he homered tonight, he's got 42 homers, and he's got 20 stolen bases, which is pretty absurd. All while pitching every, you know, every week. A starting pitcher, uh, not a reliever. A starting pitcher. Yeah, he's pretty ridiculous. So he did something this past week that has only been done, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times now. He became the first angel to ever do this, and he became the first player in a few years to do it, only the third player since 2000 to achieve this. So he's got 42 homers and 20 steals. He's the first ever angel in the 40-20 club. Um, He's the, the last guy that did it. Uh, baseball was Ronald Acuna Jr. in 2019. That was his second year in the majors, what a who is a sensational is. player. And a lot like Dak Prescott last week, uh, we obviously want to see our rivals lose, but we don't want to see them lose their players. Ronald Acuna sure. uh, wishes to him for a speedy recovery. He's a baseball's better with him. But in 2019, he had 41 steals and I'm sorry, 41 homers and 37 steals. Alfonso Soriano, 2006, 46 and 41. Jose Canseco did it three times, which is absurd. I mean, he was probably juicing anyway, but when he wasn't allowing home runs to bounce off of his head, he had 42 and 40 in 1988, 44 and 26 in 91. And then in 1998, he had 46 and 29. And Larry Walker, um, the pride of Canada and the pride of Colorado, the only uh, most valuable player in the history of the Colorado Rockies, 49 and 33 in 1997. So Otani's in some pretty distinguished, you know, group right now yeah for sure Um, so he currently leads major league baseball in home runs you wonder how much further he can you know distance himself from the pack Guerrero hit some home runs this week um but I mean he's almost definitely going to win MVP what what are the odds right now I don't have him in front of me he was minus like 1500 to an MVP the last time I checked let me check Um, real quick he was minus 3500 to an MVP as of yesterday which was the 31st so it, unless anything's changed, it's probably gotten a little bit wider now, um, which is nuts that this guy who, you know, he had a 1-5 ERA, I think, up until his last start since the beginning of June, I believe it was. So, and he's he's done his part to try to pitch them into a pennant race. It's just they can't stay they – stay, they can't stay competitive firstly, and they can't stay healthy secondly. They signed Anthony Rendon to a huge contract last year. Mike Trout's been banged up. The, the, the Angels, for all of the – you know, the things you can say about them, they have two generational talents, like literally two. They might they might have the best baseball player that we've seen in our entire lifetime in Mike Trout and the most unique player we've we've ever seen and the most unique player since Babe Ruth. He might be better than Babe Ruth. And they have one playoff series to show for it since those two gentlemen debuted. And that was in, well, 2014 when they lost to the Orioles, I want to say. So they, right. Mike Trout, I got to see him in the playoffs. I want to see Otani in the playoffs. If they could just... Dude, put him on another team for a few weeks so I can see this man pitch and hit in the playoffs and see the strategy that comes with it because that's something that's very interesting as well. He's hitting, you know, either leadoff or hitting second for them, even on the days he pitches. I just want to see that man thrust into a pennant race and see that dude pitch every fifth or sixth day and also hit bombs in September because I want to see him in some competitive baseball. And he's going to win MVP because in baseball, they truly do give it to the best player in each league. But I want to see him in some competitive games down the stretch. Well, as you say that, I looked up to the MVP, the AL MVP. Otani running away with it looks like at minus six thousand. The next closest. It was thirty five hundred twenty six hours ago. 
It's minus six thousand. Jesus. Vladdy Jr. plus fifteen hundred. Matt Olson plus eight thousand. Aaron Judge. Matt Olson very underrated, by the way. Facts. Aaron Judge. Love him. Clears the plus ten thousand. And so does. So all the all the smart money is on him. Xander right. Bogarts is ten thousand. Rafael Devers is ten thousand. That's for the AL MVP right there. And Bogarts' odds are probably going to get longer because I believe he was put on the COVID-related IL today. Ah, get the so he's going to be out a little while. The Red Sox, who are an interesting team also, they were bad for a little while, and they're good again. Who knows what they are now? Um, so if you want to switch gears to the National League MVP race, Real quick, I have some odds for that. Before we get off of Atani, mm-hmm. at the time of recording, yeah, we haven't checked because they're probably playing right now. He has 42 home runs. They have about 29 games left in the season. So they just lost, actually. I got a notification from the Athletic about 10 minutes ago. They lost 4-1 to the Yankees. Uh, Garrett one, Cole was pitching, so it makes sense that they lost. Did that one became an Otani bomb? I mean, I can certainly find out for you. <laughs> well, I don't think so. What I was getting I actually is... parlayed. Um, I actually parlayed an Otani home run with the under and the one college football game going on right now. My buddy, uh-huh. uh, Firefighter Joe, who's going to come on here and spit out some hot takes in the next hey. few weeks, he recommended I take the under. I believe it was Jacksonville State against UAB. It was like 52 and a half. So I took the under and I parlayed it with an Otani home run. Let's hope I at least go one for two just to make myself better. <laughs> Otherwise, nobody's going to trust the podcast. Yeah, no more trust the parlay then. Yeah. Um, but what I was getting at, he has 42 home runs. Granted, if he doesn't hit one tonight, if he didn't hit one mm-hmm. tonight, there's 29 games. How much do you think he'll hit? Do you think he'll hit over the 50? So he's at 42 with, you said, 29 games remaining? Yeah. Does that include today? Oh, it doesn't matter. I, I th- Includes today. So, so he only needs eight to get to 50. A big a home run every three and a half games. I think it's certainly possible. I think even if the Angels were to shut him down down the stretch pitching wise, just to save him long long term, he would still probably hit. Um, I could see it happening. I mean, I don't, I haven't really followed him super closely. I've tried to follow him as much as I can because he's a lot of fun. But I don't know what his slumps generally look like. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, um, yeah. like uh, for instance, here in Philly, when Reese Hoskins gets hot or cold, he either becomes Barry Bonds or he becomes Rico Bronia. So I don't know what Otani's slumps look like. I know he went through a little bit of a downturn right after the Derby, and he, he went like a few games without hitting a home run, and then he got hot again. So, I mean, low-pressure situations, he's going to get tons of fastballs, even though there's nobody in that lineup to protect him. Teams don't care because they're beating up on the Angels. I think it's possible he gets to 50. Um, actually, a little thing I'm hoping for is if he gets super hot, uh, my friends and I did a, a season's prediction survey prior to the season. Yeah. And I predicted that, um, so it was, it was awards and all this other stuff. And and one of the questions was how many home runs will the major league home run leader hit? And oh, my no. guess was 56. So if Otani gets really red hot and just hits a home run every other day, then I'd be thrilled with that. There's a win in 40, 42 is wild. I can't believe he's doing this. I mean, we all kind of hoped it would happen. I think deep down, we all hoped it would happen with a healthy Mike Trout and a healthy Anthony Rendon and maybe a competent front office out there. Is Albert and maybe Pujols a little bit team? of a supporting cast. I mean, no, they cut him a few months ago. He's on the Dodgers now, probably making magic because everybody goes there and just goes off. Dodgers, by the way, who had uh, Cody Bellinger hitting eighth yesterday, the guy who just was in the MVP race a few years ago. What That's another story for another day. What a fall. But, it's amazing. The Dodgers, that team is ridiculous too. But the, the Angels, if they were just competent enough to surround their guys with talent and use their money in a sensible fashion, then 
they would be playing in a World Series because they have the two most special players in baseball right now. Now, now, Rob, 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 Rob. We're talking about the Fightings next. Oh, Talk geez. to me about it. Talk to me about the Fightings. Are we good? Listen, Matt, Matt Verling last night, I know you're very familiar with him and his story. Uh, he is a he is a guy. He is a baseball player. Um, he does play for the Phillies. I, I can't confirm this. He went four <laughs> for five last night, which has kind of been the story of the season. If I had told you six months ago or even, even two months ago that I'd be telling you that the five through nine in the Phillies lineup. So yesterday's lineup, I don't have it in front of me. Ah. I know Segura and Odubel Herrera were up at the top. Harper and McCutcheon were three and four. They had Jorge Bonifacio, who I think is like 0 for 100 since he came up, hitting fifth. Ronald Torres, Brad Miller, Matt Verling, all these guys. Matt Moore pitched yesterday, and they still won. The story of the season right now is that they're getting so much production from these guys that you don't otherwise expect to see anything out of. Um, And that's while, you know, Hoskins is out. Uh, JT Ramuto is out right now. Oh, Marshawn hit a home run last night, the, uh, the defense first catcher that they have. Andrew Knapp was on the COVID-related um, injured list. So they're kind of rolling with one catcher for the time being until JT stops being banged up. Um, Hoskins is out for the year. Bohm's in AAA, learning how to field a bit, I guess. It, it, D.D. Gregorius just had a kid. Travis Jankowski, another guy who just had a kid. Um, Jankowski's been through since he came up. It, it's just a, a band of misfits on offense, and then some stellar pitching in the bullpen has a little bit more solidified in the list you know, month, month and a half, I believe the last 40 or so games, they've only blown three saves and they've blown, I believe 23 on the season or 26 on the season. So they have kind of figured out the late game woes. I think if they can just get healthy and maybe just start gelling, you know, more of the important guys, like the guys that aren't the fringe guys, you don't expect anything from, if they can get something out of McCutcheon from this point forward, uh, by the way, we're going to touch on MVP in a second. Max Muncy just hit another home run. Jesus Um, fuck. But if they could just get, that's 30 for him. Right. Uh, if they could just get anything out of those, you know, if, if Harper can continue carrying this team, a la Ryan Howard from 06 to 08 in September, where he just put the team on his back and, and said, bomb. you know, just get on. If McCutcheon can get it going, if, uh, if Real Muto can get healthy and you get a clutch hit every once in a while, if, if Alec Bone maybe comes up, he's been hitting well in play. We'll see what happens with him. If Segura can get back on track, he's been struggling a little bit lately. Odubel Herrera has been very good lately. Um, been solid. He's hitting the ball very well. He, he's playing good defense as well, which is very, very important. Uh, if, it, you know, if they can get it going and just get some pitching, you know, outside of Wheeler, who's been kind of struggling lately, if they can get Eflin back, who knows what's going on with him. Matt Moore has been like not catastrophic. He's got an ERA close to seven, but he's at least winning big ball games lately. Mm-hmm. Ranger Suarez looks awesome. Nola looks like he's dangerously close to putting it together. He's been, up and down all year um we were going to record the night he almost had the perfect game and i i was too busy standing on a bridge thinking about jumping off um but i mean nola looks like he's pretty close to getting it all back together so if they can figure it out you know their schedule from this point forward is much easier than the braves and the braves obviously are very banged up they're a ridiculous team on paper now but, you know, Mike Soroka's out for the year. He had a setback. Acuna's obviously out. Albies got hurt last night, although he might be back. They lost Marcelo Zuna to the, you know, the domestic violence case. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to take a look forward, they're only, what, two and a half out of the division and two back in the wild card. So, you know, if at the very least, we have something to watch in September because the Eagles will probably be, 
getting their butts kicked on days, at least the Phillies will give us something to have hope for. Although I will make note, the last three Septembers have been a massive letdown. So who knows? Fool me three times, shame me times three. So we'll see what happens. But, but if wow. Wheeler can get back on track and Harper continues doing his thing, then who knows what will happen. But Rob, we're talking about the fightings. The fightings. Two the and fightings. a half back. Yeah, unfortunately, we're talking about Joe Girardi, who I'm sure at some point during this podcast I will rip. I think they should double switch him into the sun. And I don't know. The sun. He doesn't hey, know his ass from his elbow when it comes to managing in 2021. I'll tell you that much. He's just there for the money and just but, free cheesesteaks. So for what it's worth, the Braves right now sit at 70 and 61. Um, that is before play this evening. I believe they play the Do- they're playing the Dodgers right now. Uh, the Phillies game was delayed. Today's the first of September. Uh, they're going to make that up tomorrow during the day, no and then I believe instead of having the off day on Friday, or instead of having the off day tomorrow, they'll play Friday. I forget what it is, but they have two more against the Nats. I want to say. Yeah, they play um, tomorrow. Unless with the this Nats. was just pushed back completely. Okay. Yeah, they play so tomorrow. The Braves currently, the both teams have roughly. Roughly 10 or so series remaining and one of them against one another. So the Braves are in LA currently finishing up tonight. They go to Colorado where the Rockies are very good at home. Then they have Washington and Miami, which they'll probably, you know, take care of business. Good teams beat those kinds of teams. Colorado at home. Then they go to San Francisco, which is another ridiculous team. Shout out Gabe Kapler, friend of the show. They go to Arizona, the worst team in Major League Baseball history. They go to San Diego, which is another stellar team. They host the Phillies, and then they host the Mets. So they do have in their favor, they have the final two series at home. The Mets. However, if you look at the Phillies' schedule, the Mets. Phillies are two and a half back. Yeah, yeah we'll get to them. <laughs> Phillies are three back in the loss column, two back in the win column, two and a half total. Yeah, They're at Washington, at Miami, at Milwaukee. Three series that you would expect a good team to at least win a three. Yeah. Then they come home against Colorado. They play the Cubs here. They're at New York, Mets. Then they play the Baltimore Orioles, who are really struggling. They play Pittsburgh, who they just beat, I think, three out of four times about a month ago. And then they go to Atlanta, and then they go to Miami, where Miami probably just crushes our hopes and dreams because that seems to always happen. But hopefully down the stretch, they have a much easier schedule than the Dodgers. Hopefully they can just take care of business and get – just give me a, a wild card game. Give me something to watch where I can watch a, you know, a stressed Phillies game that isn't in the regular season. I want to see Bryce Harper under the lights in October. I mean, look at this. Look at the schedule right here. As you said – after you know hosting the Colorado Rockies, that will probably be what a three game series, four game series. We might win uh, half. I don't know. I didn't write down how many. Every series is I'm three not, or four I'm look, games. I'm looking, at it. I'm looking at it right now. It's four games. Four games at home to the Rockies. Granted, what five hundred? Let's say best odds. Whatever. You got the Cubs coming in. That's three game series. That's three wins. Let's just say. That's in Philly, them. by the way. In Philly, then you go to New York, Queens, I believe, to go against the Mets. The Mets. The Amazons. <laughs> the Amazon. Boo. Yeah, you. Yeah, boo. Th- thumbs so down, man. I can react in the chat. Best case scenario, 6 nothing right there on that run. Let's just go. Hey, Mets, remember when you were up and the fightings came back and uh, killed your dreams? What a yeah. fall from grade. What a massive fall from grade. We're going to continue to keep you out of relevancy and have your boo chance, whatever the hell that means. All right, so that's 6 nothing, right? Then... What is it? They go back home, host the Orioles for what? One, two, three games. That's nine and oh. They're almost definitely getting swept by the Orioles in Philly. 
Don't, don't, don't. They just went to Arizona, got their butts kicked. Don't do that. No, don't do that. Then they host the Pittsburgh Pirates for four games. I'm talking about there's a win streak right here. Then the Braves fuck us for three games. And then the Marlins, they might absolutely kill us. But yeah, I see I'm, the Vikings little... in the wild card. I'm a little concerned about that Marlins series. The Brave series is going to be the series, of the season, of, the series of the season. If I can say words, maybe. Um, that, uh, I would imagine one or two of those will be nationally televised under the lights. Aaron Nola's probably going to get one of those starts. It'll be a make or break game for him. If he does well, nobody will give him credit. If he doesn't do well, people are going to kill him in the city, specifically on sports radio. Well, I, I just want to see them sh- j- just show me. Something. I think the last three games of the season. Um, Moore currently would line up to be the starter of the last game, and then Wheeler would be the second to last game. So if they got into the playoffs, barring any type of um, injuries or like COVID issues or um, or any type of more delays or postponements, Nola would be the starter game one of the playoffs if everything were to continue the way it is right now. I mean, they might you know double down on him if they're really you know that close. Might rely on him for short yeah. rest, you know. But uh, they already named the first game of the series, uh, Phillies and Braves, for FS1. Okay. So that's a Saturday game, most likely. Uh, Tuesday, actually. Right. Tuesday, oh, it's a night Tuesday. Game. Okay. Tuesday night game, then oh, Wednesday, then Thursday. And they usually, Wednesday, Thursday, well, I guess now with college football. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't expect Wednesday or Thursday to be on national TV. It's usually those weekend games. I mean, Let's just see what happens down the stretch. Just I just need happens. this team to show me something. I need Joe Girardi to show me something. He's done a little bit better lately. He's gotten out of his own way, but I, I don't agree with some of the late game decisions he's made. He went out and got Ian Kennedy for a reason that he just doesn't use him unless it's a safe situation because we're stuck in the nineties. I don't know what his deal is. If he didn't get those two loaded rosters with Miami and the, uh, or with Florida Marlins and Oh five or whatever it was, or no, it was Oh, Oh three. I'm sorry. The 03 Marlins and the 09 Yankees are two of the best rosters I've ever seen. And Ted Girardi happened to be the manager there. He was nice nice enough to ride along with those teams and win a championship. We'll see what happens. I need him to show me something in this last month. Otherwise, I'm ready to move on. I hate to move on from a veteran manager after two seasons that are both, you know, impacted so heavily by, you know, a weird pandemic and a lot of yeah. weird scheduling issues and just some, you know, r- weird injuries and things. But this front office has spent so much money and they, they just have not made a playoff series and, and they have the longest playoff draw in the national league. And if Seattle somehow manages to get a wild card in the American league, the Phillies will have the longest playoff drought in them in the major leagues. It's hard to believe it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years since Ryan Howard tore the Achilles running up first base. God, what a tragic day that was. What well, literally tragic and ended the uh the Phillies run which was wonderful for what it's worth and then the free agents in the trades Utley gone Rollins gone and a lot of failed experiments along the way Michael Young Mike Adams Ben Revere Jonathan Papelbon the Papelbon, fuck. list goes on Jose Bautista got a run here Jake Arrieta got 75 million dollars to just show up and look like an asshole <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of things you can pick apart with the Phillies. I mean, I don't know. I hope that they're on the right track. I think they have a good good enough team to make some sort of move here in in September. I don't expect them to go ahead and you know I don't expect to be going to a parade anytime soon. But if they could just give me some competitive baseball down the stretch, I'd be thrilled. Facts. And that's all we can ask for, honestly. Um, 
while we're on the subject, before we move on, I just want to read off Bryce Harper's stats for the month of August. And I just want you to, I'm just going to watch your face as I read these because so Bryce Harper in August, okay, uh, batting average, which in 2021 doesn't matter as much, but it's still an indicator of how you're hitting the ball. 337 on base percentage of 455 slugging 776 and OPS of 1231. He, I believe unless anything has changed in the last 24 hours, he leads the major leagues in OPS. Uh, so 11 doubles, 10 home runs, 25 runs batted in, 22 walks, and 21 strikeouts. That strikeout number is important because although he is striking out at a, a pretty high clip, yeah. he tends to be at the top of the uh, National League, at least, in strikeouts. He had more walks than strikeouts. And I'm going to read this off to you as well. Uh, this is courtesy of Paul Boyer on Twitter, so I'm not taking credit for these statistics. So in a single calendar month with a 1,200-plus OPS, uh, 10 or more doubles, 10 or more home runs, and more walks than strikeouts. I'm going to read some of these names to you. Go for it. Um, even if you don't follow baseball very closely, you're <laughs> going to know some of these names. Babe Ruth, Ooh. Lou Gehrig, Ooh. Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Barry Bonds, Albert Pujols, Mel Ott, Frank Robinson, Willie McCovey, Bryce Harper. He's in some pretty, pretty wild company there. It's called now, I'm not saying elite. he elite. I'm not saying he is those guys, but he had a month as comparable to a month that those guys have, you know, amassed. So listen, Bryce Harper's doing his part. If you want to complain about the contract, you want to say it's the worst contract in Philly history. At least he has been productive in his three years here. He was very good last year. He was, you know, up and down his first year. I think he put too much pressure on himself. I'm sure it sucked watching his former team win a title, but this year he's been money. And if you want to pin the the Phillies issues on pretty much anybody else, you want to blame Boehm, you want to blame Girardi, you want to blame Sam Fold, that's fine. If you still want to blame, um, his name is basically a curse word now. I can't remember it. The old general manager, um, oh God, uh, Clentac. It just sends chills down my spine. If you want to blame anybody but Harper, I'm cool with that. But don't blame Bryce Harper for the struggles. That man has put the team on his back and is doing everything in his power to get this team to the playoffs. So shout out to him. Um, he's currently second in, in uh, MVP odds, by the way. That's a tragedy. Behind Fernando Tatis, who's minus 280. So the writers want him to get it. They probably will still give it to Tatis unless Harper gets him into the playoffs. But if you like the Phillies' chances, have a good grab Harper at plus 750 right now, especially considering um, Max Muncy just homer. He's plus 1,000. Those odds might get shorter, and Harper might have better odds by the end of the night. So we'll see what happens there. Bryce Harper should win the MVP based off of what all you just read. You said you made your claim, and I'm sold. I mean, a little bit biased, but yes, Bryce Harper yeah. putting the team on his back, the city on his back to get in the playoffs. Harper, by the way, those stats I read off to you. Yeah. Uh, 1,200 OPS, 10 and 10 or more doubles and homers, more walks than uh, strikeouts. It's the first time since 2009 that it's happened in a single month. That was Albert Pujols when he was with the Cardinals. And it's only the third time in the last 25 years it's happened. So it, we're not just making up, you know, stats here to make him sound cool. This is a pretty impressive yeah. thing that he just did. And we're hoping and praying that it, it seeps into September. And it's a shame we didn't get to see it tonight because I was actually pretty excited to watch tonight's game. Yeah. And hopefully this continues but, on in the, to the length of his contract. And this is just a one-off. Yeah. I don't expect him to age well, but I'm going to live in the moment right now because it's not my money. And <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just here for the ride. If they can just go ahead and get me. If they win a championship and he sucks for 10 years, I will be happy with the championship. 
I was happy with the 08 World Series. They've sucked for the last 13 years, uh, or the last 10 years, basically. And it's, it is what it is. Still got to go to a parade. That 2008 Phillies. What a special team. But uh, Pretty wild. From, from Let's segue from a player who's making a lot of money and is beloved by the city of Philadelphia in Bryce Harper to one who has now become public enemy number one in Philadelphia, the man himself, Ben Simmons. Are we going to bleep that? Are we going to bleep that beard you just said? <laughs> we'll have Speaking our editor, of BS. We'll have our editor uh, tackle that. Speaking of BS, that man and his inflated sense of self-importance, whether it's him, whether it's his dad or his mom, or whether it's Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, should be ashamed of themselves. Tragic. This man who had the, the goal, I don't know if he actually said it or if this is just hearsay, because I don't know if it was Pompey that re- reported it yesterday on uh, 97.5, yeah. or if it's just, you know, if it's rival executives trying to drive down his value. Um, mm-hmm. This idea that Ben Simmons was not used properly or not developed properly, it's yeah, utter BS. I've never seen a basketball player, even Markel Fultz, when he had this fake thoracic outlet syndrome or whatever mental block he was dealing with, was still taking jump shots. Ben Simmons is perfectly capable of taking jump shots. I have plenty of videos of him breaking jump shots and warm-ups <laughs> on my phone from games I've been at. And this guy has the gall, or maybe his camp has the gall, to come out here and say that the Sixers did not develop him properly. Doc Rivers, for everything you can say about him, collapses in the playoffs. I think it took a lot of balls for Doc Rivers to get up there and say that he wasn't sure if Ben Simmons was a uh, championship caliber point guard, because I don't think he is. Unless he's surrounded by players like he would be in Golden State, which is a potential landing spot, which we'll get to. Unless he's surrounded by players who are higher caliber than he, this man was... We were told... So he took literally the same picture that LeBron James did. And he was on the cover of slam magazine and he was, you know, lauded as the next magic Johnson and the next LeBron James and good Lord. Were we, were we sold a <laughs> false bill of goods? Jesus Christ. He was supposed to be better than a bead. He was supposed to be the, uh, you know, a generational talent and bead, you know, for everything you can say about his, you know, his attitude or his, you know, his weight throughout the years or, you know, what he's done. Yeah. He did his part this year. Ben Simmons did not. So if Ben Simmons wants to go hide in a, in a small market like Minnesota or Sacramento, go let him. He can go put up empty stats someplace else. I want him out of here. Listen, when I fall for players, I fall hard, and I was in on him. I thought that all the you know the attitude nonsense when he was at LSU didn't matter because he was at a crap spot. And it was evident by that stupid documentary, which he he decided to make that. Not the Sixers didn't make that. What that stupid documentary he put together, to the, the the HBO documentary, whatever it was, where he was at LSU and he was talking about how classes didn't matter and everything. Oh, yeah, I must um, have missed that. He was just there to just play. Like his shots. He used LSU as a, he went to a you know a, a crappy D one school because he knew somebody that was a coach there, which is you know a, a common theme with him. Refuses to be coached by anybody other than somebody within his circle, which is why he doesn't take jump shots anymore. This Chris Johnson guy who just keeps poking, posting videos of him, you know, dunking and saying, who's going to do that? Who does this? Uh, Dennis Smith can do everything Ben Simmons can do for one twenty-fifth of the cost. I- I'm just done with Ben Simmons. I don't need it. Listen, I was in on him. And when I fall for players, I fall pretty hard. Travis Fulgham, shout out, friend of the show. But, it, you know, when you, when you were that big of a letdown, I'm just out. I'm just out on him, man. I, 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 be- I do believe he has special playmaking. He has good playmaking abilities. He's a terrific defender. I thought he should have won Defensive Player of the Year because he can guard one through five. 
and you know he's a he's a terrific athlete he's a special man in transition but maybe he's special in a different way and he just refused to shoot the ball i just don't know what to say i'm i'm out of things to say about him i've defended him too much i'm ready for him to go i don't know what you i don't know how you feel dude i think we're all tired of uh ben simmons and like oh next year oh next year next year and i'm tired of seeing these summer videos of him draining threes draining fucking off the corner of the uh, elbow in the paint just these nice sweet look, look at the stride look at the shot i don't give a fuck if it's lefty or righty i don't give a shit do it in game i don't care if you do it in practice i don't you know if you do it before the game i don't care if you do it against three i don't know five on five high school players do it in game don't give me this. Fucking you know, if the Sixers or every year, I mean, if the if, if the Sixers in in collaboration, if Daryl Morey in collaboration with Rich Paul and Ben Simmons want to collectively work out a way to um, elevate, oh hi buddy, elevate Ben Simmons's value, they should play their preseason games this year at an LA Fitness somewhere in the Northeast, so Ben Simmons can go drain threes in an empty gym and drive up his value that way. Because apparently he can't do it in front of fans. I, our our executive producer is in the uh, the room right now. My dog just walked in the room. Shout out to Ben. He wants to give his thoughts on Ben Simmons. Yeah, I mean he did earlier. Yeah, the the, the only Woo. the only Ben that matters in my life right now. Facts. Facts. All right, good talking, anybody. See you later. Um, but yeah, the blasphemous of this man or whoever came out with that story or that line of the mistreatment that the Philadelphia 76 organization has given him is absolute false bullshit. Like what the fuck? Like, Philadelphia is a hard-nosed city. It's blue-collared, and we're passionate sports fans. And for not shooting jumpers, we're just like, all right, we'll ride with them. We'll ride with them. But it was evident, more evident in the playoffs in that Hawks series. Bad decision. Didn't take the jumper. He's under the bucket, that infamous shot. And then, obviously, hack a Ben, hack a Ben. You make too much money to miss those shots. And granted, Embiid, he did his thing, but you saw him fade. He was injured. They're all injured at that point, but he missed some clutch shots as well. So it's everyone's fault on that team, including Team Doc. sport. Team sport. I need that man to take yeah. a shot in the fourth quarter, for Christ's sake. Uh, while we're on the subject of Embiid, can I read off some of the tweets that he fired off earlier? Um, oh, boy, did he ever. So Joel Embiid, Whew. Joel Embiid, friend of the show. Um, so he... In the midst of all of this, there were some more reports coming out about Simmons and Embiid and their relationship together. Uh, can I just read it off to you? According to Jeff Zilgit, whatever he is, the Sixers reportedly had to pick between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Wow. It's like picking between a, a nugget of gold and a nugget of shit. The Simmons-Embiid rift had been escalating. A person with knowledge of the situation told USA Today Sports and Embiid fires back almost immediately, about an hour later, stop using my name to push people's agendas. I love and hate drama. I love playing with Ben. Stats don't lie. He's an amazing player, and we all get the and we all get up done. Uh, referring, I would assume, to the Hawks series and yeah. you know the Celtics the previous year in Toronto and Celtics before that. It's on me personally. I hope everyone is back because we know we're good enough to win. And then right after that, from my own experience, y'all talking about the fans have no idea how much this media makes stuff up for followers and shame on you for believing them. So obviously, the more clicks, the better. And then he says, I haven't forgotten, but two years ago, I got booed. People in Philly wanted me to be uh, traded. I even shushed them. Only the real ones didn't, but I just put the work in in the offseason to be better because I knew I wasn't playing up to my potential. Philly fans, you got to be better also. And he says, I love the criticism. I love when I'm told I can do something. 
It makes me work harder to prove everyone wrong, but not everyone is built like that, which I think is the most telling um, line from all of that. Not yeah, everyone buddy. is built like that. Wonder who he's yeah. talking about. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, yeah, he's not talking about Matisse Thibel, is he? He's not talking about Shake Milton. Not Thibel. Is he talking? Maybe he's talking about his new teammate Andre Drummond. I can't can't quite put my finger on it. I mean, Danny well, Green. He could. No, that he man's could. got three rings. No, he could be talking about Drummond. I don't know. But I, don't, I don't think he was throwing shade at Ben Simmons necessarily. I think he was just generalizing, but still you get the point. Yeah. It's sure. upsetting because I really did hope that the Sixers could win a title with the guys that they, you know, for better or for worse, acquired throughout the process. And it's a shame that it won't happen. And it maybe it's a smokescreen. Maybe Embiid doesn't actually believe any of this. Maybe he just had a, you know, a phone call, a FaceTime with Daryl Morey again. And Morey told him, hey, look, the only way we're going to get Dame for you is if you can kind of hype up Ben Simmons and tell me his value is great and you want to play with him so badly. We'll see what happens with that, but I don't know. This is all, all just – we can never just have a normal offseason in Philadelphia. I mean, I kind of like it because, A, it keeps us in business a little bit, but also it's – how boring is it not to have any sports news on the offseason? Like, Yeah. What? Gives us something to talk me, about. Yeah, give me something oh. to talk about. Give me some drama. Give me some excitement, yeah. hopefully, or some disappointment already walking into the season. Um, but yeah, it's tragic. Yeah, a few. This team is should have been in the finals this year. On paper, should have been in the finals. The way Embiid's been balling, and you would hope that Ben Simmons would find the courage in the playoffs. In a perfect world, if this was a movie, Ben Simmons would start shooting threes in the playoffs. It would be unstoppable. But here we are. Yeah. It's okay, and I I would like to take a moment to sincerely apologize to Jimmy Butler, who was right all along. That man can he can spot a weasel from a mile away between Wiggins and Ben Simmons. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call Brett Brown. I'm not gonna put him in that same category with those two guys. Although Jimmy didn't like him either, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jimmy was right about Ben Simmons for sure. One thousand percent. Yeah, which which hurts me to say because I'm admittedly not a big Jimmy guy, but I will give him I will give him the respect. Jimmy Buckets? Come on. Yeah. But here's here's an interesting tidbit that I learned, and this is from uh, SB Nation's Harrison Grimm, I believe mm. he's a reporter. Um, let's see. If Ben Simmons Ben Simmons is basically going to sit out, let's just call it what it is, right? Unless he gets traded from now until Tuesday, because the Sixers. Are due eight point nineteen million for the trade exemption expires this Tuesday. Oh, that's September the Al 7th. Horford. That's the Al Horford one, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. a possible deal be in the looming. So they can use that in a, in a trade to, to, you know, make the money work because I mean, Simmons admittedly has a pretty high contract. You know, whether you believe he's worth it or not, they almost had no choice but to sign him to it. Um, if they were to, I. I believe take on more salary than they would be dishing out. It's kind of a, a way to kind of get around that. Cause they, when they traded Al Horford, I believe he was making like eight or 9 million more than what Danny green was making. Um, so they got that trade exception in return. So we'll see if they use that. Um, another small nugget um, is I'm actually really surprised they didn't keep George Hill because I thought him on a one year expiring contract was a tradable contract to make a trade work. So I, I don't know what they were doing there. Plus, they probably needed a backup point guard with experience anyway. They didn't really sign anybody this offseason. All they did was bring in Drummond and uh, George Niang, which, I mean, we'll get to when we do our Sixers preview. Um, Niang I like a lot, but uh, you know, I thought that was kind of puzzling as well. Um, what do you think happens if they don't get Damian Lillard? Um, 
you know, or, you know, do you think that they will get reasonable value for Ben Simmons? Or do you think it's to the point where, you know, to the point of diminishing returns where they're just going to have to trade him somewhere just because they have to trade him and they're going to end up taking pennies on the dollar for him? Uh, supposedly they turned down a, um, a trade from Minnesota, which would have landed D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jaden McDaniels, which, you know, whatever, it's three dimes for a dollar at that point. And the Kings are supposedly out of the running unless yeah. the asking price changes because uh, the Sixers wanted either De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton. So it seems like teams are falling out of the running. I thought if anything were to happen big, it probably would have happened by now. I thought if they were to get, you know, a Damian Lillard, it would have to be a three-team trade where they they bring in, they, where they send Ben to either Minnesota or Golden State, receive the capital they need to send to Portland in a Damian trade and also send Max here, whomever. But I don't know. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that they get anything for him? Or do you think they're just going to, you know, let him sit? I think it's a hardened situation where it kind of like it'll leak into the regular season or do you think something will just get done? I mean... I think it's going to be another Harden uh, fiasco because we've seen that work from time to time. We've seen it back in the day with Melo. You know, you're a player, your star player is disgruntled, doesn't want to be there, publicly known, um, whether he mm-hmm. plays or not. Like uh, uh, it's Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Uh, that was a weird one, too. You're injured, but right. he's not injured, but he was sitting when he was healthy. It was nonsense. And then he obviously gets, they all get traded eventually. I think the same yeah. thing's going to be for Ben Simmons. Um, yeah. That does and, give me hope, though. Not that I'm, Simmons is the same caliber as Davis, but they got they got a lot for Anthony Davis. Davis is a you know an elite player. Simmons is a, a nice little player at this point, but they got everything they had to offer. So I mean, that's a good that's a good example. Hopefully, you shoot for something like that. I mean, Davis wasn't doesn't have a weakness that was exposed for the world to see, and it's just his values have been diminishing. So we won't really get as much value. And as more teams are dropping mm-hmm. off, I don't think teams are going to get desperate because they're going to be knowing, like, well, we're the only game in town, so either you make a move or not. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, At what point do you just call the bluff of the Sixers if they if they tell you they have other offers? And meanwhile, the only team they're dealing with is, is Golden State or whomever, or Minnesota, whoever it is. I mean, it's basically the writing on the wall. He's gone. I'm looking at it as he's gone, so I'm over it. But I don't want to see Maxi gone. But it looks like you're gonna to have to get rid of Maxi and or Thibel. Yeah, which sucks. In a Lillard trade anyway, or a Beal trade, which Beal feels less likely now. I think in a regular old Ben trade, where it's just trade him to get and get the pieces you you need for him. I question if they would have to attach a Thibel or a Maxi. Maxi obviously has the clutch connection as well, which you know he was told to cancel some uh some community events that we had planned in philly so that's interesting that's usually telling but yeah, i saw that too i don't think they're gonna i don't unless they get dame i don't see maxi going anywhere because i mean maxi has done nothing but fit in amazingly since he got here and the fans absolutely but for sure but i think it's that clutch sports rich paul and Ugh. it's a two for one like we'll get them both out of here we don't want to do nothing with philly and it looks like any clients of rich paul going forward will never go back to philadelphia yeah. so if that becomes a trend, then that would be like the starter, you know. Who's this person yeah. signed to? Well, they're not going to go here or there. They're only going to go where they want to go. So it's just going to be a mess. It is what it is. And money talks. Money oh, talks. Yes. Eventually, a, you know, a clutch client will come here. 
Uh, but just a side note, Nerlens Noel is actually suing Rich Paul and Clutch Sports because uh, <laughs> apparently when Nerlens was a free agent a few years ago, yes. uh, I think prior to when he either went to OKC or went to the Knicks, uh, Brett Brown reached out to Nerlens Noel and told him that the Sixers had been actively trying to contact Rich Paul on behalf of Nerlens. And Nerlens had no idea that Rich Paul was fielding these calls or avoiding these calls. So oh I, it, it must be a clutch thing with Philly because, you know, Nerlens probably had offers on the table and he was promised a lot of money by clutch and he wound up taking So he was offered, I think four years, 80 million with, uh, with OKC to resign there or no, I'm sorry, with Dallas, Dallas. to sign there. And, and clutch told him, no, you're going to get a max. And then he wound up signing for, you know, one year, 8 million with, uh, with OKC. So he's actually suing clutch which is cool. Nice little Philly connection there. Maybe he'll come back and back up and beat in the future. It sounds like Dennis Schroeder. Although he just got paid with the Knicks. Dennis Schroeder. I don't know. I don't know what to make with uh, make of the whole Ben situation. If you had to guess right now, where do you think he goes? Golden State. I think it's the perfect fit for him. He bought a house out there there in LA. Minnesota. He says that. He has less pressure and whatever. But I think... Golden State, you don't have to shoot. You don't have to shoot. You play defense, and you just facilitate. That's it. And if you want to shoot because you want to prove something, then look, you have Simmons, Thompson, Curry. Oubre, if he's in and out, if he's still on the team. I think he's going anyway. He went, he went, so I forget where he signed. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Memphis, maybe. I forget where. I mean, look, if Ben Simmons wants to shoot with Golden State, Draymond's a good rebounder. Draymond can just grab all those bricks when they bat, hit the back rim. Um, <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Um, well, yeah, I, it's just depressing talking about. I'm ben becoming Simmons yeah, yeah. I'm point. becoming physically ill thinking about it. I need to take like a Tums or something at this point. <laughs> I. Uh, you want to jump into some NFL? Um, One thousand percent. Let's get off. So the news the news broke on Tuesday, August thirty first. I still remember where I was. Uh, Cam Newton cut. Just flat out released by the New England Patriots. Mac Jones, the assumed starter. Um, they did sign Garrett Gilbert today. They have Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham there. None of those guys pose a threat. Even if you put them together, their skill set would probably still not match either Mac or Cam. Uh, we were going to talk about Cam versus Mac on our next episode, but we're going to do it now instead. Um, yeah, right. you know, uh, well, for, first of all, what, what's your take on it? Um, do you think Cam Newton lands on his feet someplace and gets a chance to start, or do you think he'll have to kind of? you know, do kind of what uh, Jameis did. I mean, he's a lot older than Jameis, but he think he has to go somewhere um, after being released or, or even like how Flacco kind of did go somewhere after being released, be a backup and kind of try to win a job. Or do you think he goes to someplace where he has a shot to play right away? It's tough because you can see both scenarios, right? You can see him oh, yeah. accepting a job, say like Green Bay behind the Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. You sit there, be a backup, and if something happens to Aaron, obviously you're in. Or if when Aaron does leave because Packers probably won't win the bowl, you step right into the spotlight and you got to prove yourself. But it's all on his attitude. Does he want to be a backup? Does he want to play football? And it came out a report that he doesn't really agree with the whole COVID protocols. And that was rumored that's why he got cut so quick, so sudden. But apparently that was false news. Yeah, Belichick had to say no to that. Even if it did play into the decision, you can't openly yeah. say that in public because I, I feel like that would be a lawsuit just waiting to happen. But again, those are donkeys. That would also be bad press. Yeah, those are donkeys on the press trying to make a click and trying to you know sell some shit. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I see what do you him think ultimately. He winds up if you had to guess? <sighs> Dude. So, I mean, the Cowboys were rumored. My guess yesterday, which it, I would have been Houston, because that's your best chance to play. Uh, I guess the Cowboys make the most sense because they're the only team that's actually been tied to them since, right? What do you think? Well, I have six teams. I have Houston oh. because, like you said, he can mm-hmm. start, but I hope he doesn't go to Houston because that would fuck up my bull prediction. How <laughs> I have yeah, him going be... under four wins, so yeah, don't go to Houston. Yeah, he would be good enough to win a few games there, even even at his current, you know, how his body has held up. Aged. I can see him next going to the Giants as a backup to Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones looks like if he keeps digressing and just not being there, you have Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. Who else is out there? Rudolph. They signed Kenny Galladay. They still have Darius Slayton. And Um, Judge, I believe, is the uh, coach. Yeah, they they have a good defense. We touched on them last week. I like them a lot this year. That's a perfect fit. Not affectionately, but I do like them in the division. It's a perfect fit. I think it's a good fit as well. New York market, even though it's in Jersey. Come on out. Come on out. Yeah, I wonder if Cam can handle the pressure playing in a big market like that. I think he can. But that's another thing. Cam Newton, for as long as we've known him since college in Auburn, and Carolina, boisterous, you know, freedom. He's like charismatic. Mm-hmm. You go to New England, it's the Patriots' way. You strip all of that down. Remember yeah. when Chad Johnson went there? You didn't hear anything up Chad yeah. Johnson. Even even when Randy Moss was there. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. So I think that's an also he he looked physically ill. He looked like he didn't want to be there. He looked like he was injured all the time. He like he couldn't just do anything. Yeah. So I think it didn't look like a good fit. It didn't. On paper, Cam Newton, Belichick, Patriots, sure. Oh, it made perfect sense. They lost their quarterback. They needed a quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, Give him a chance next... to rebuild his image. Don't go right ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, keep try, right? You try to rebuild his image. Um, Dallas is nice because the Dak is not all there, and I like Dallas. And yeah, still dealing, the last episode. dealing with the shoulder injury. Um, another one, Gruden with the Raiders. Derek Carr, Mariota. Well, you put in Mariota and yeah. uh, Cam, basically sim- similar Bob, but Cam has the better resume out of the three quarterbacks. The, wouldn't you say? Yeah, the thing with Gruden though is he's never seen a quarterback he didn't fall in love with. I, I except <laughs> apparently Derek Carr. Uh, he he for some reason really likes the Peterman and, and Peterman's right now their third quarterback, and they have Carr and Mariota. I think eventually he's going to find a way to move away from Carr. Uh, whether that means Cam, I mean Cam might make sense there. I don't know how their salary cap situation looks, but three quarterbacks. If you have three quarterbacks, you definitely have none. You know, the old saying is if you have two QBs, you have zero. Three, you definitely have none. I mean, that could be that could be a segue into our situation with the Eagles. Like, Hurts, mm-hmm. you got Flacco, and now you traded for Minshew. But before that, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I know how you feel about that. Yeah, give me your other teams. <laughs> I have a dark horse, the Vikings. Okay. Alvin Cook, Jefferson, Thielen. Cousins, if he's still there, you've seen him. That money is not worth it. Get him out of there. Shocker. Oh, by the way, they just traded yesterday for uh, Chris Herndon, by the way, a friend of the show. Got him from the Jets because of uh, Irv Smith is uh, currently on the shelf. Oh, shit. A lot of of people believe that Herndon can turn into a a good good tight end, by the way. So before (laughs) – here's a little – just to offer a little brevity. So Mike Zimmer was actually asked about Chris Herndon, and he said – so they got him for a fourth-round pick, so they got him for free. Uh, he's a decent blocker, pretty good hands, and he runs decent. So he's the most mediocre human on the planet, according to Mike Zimmer. So Vikings is a good one. I like that. Um, a shocker? The Browns. 
Baker okay. Mayfield turnover poppy over there. Here comes Cam Newton, OBJ. Come on now. That team would have the most swag in the league. I I, I would rock a Cam Newton Browns jersey in a heartbeat. And then we can segue, but somehow, some way, he finesses his way to Miami and kills off the Watson rumors. And the hate on Tua continues, but Cam Newton to Miami? Woo, boy. Yeah. So I have, is that your six? Yeah. So I don't have notes here, but I was texting with a friend of mine yesterday when this broke and I had three teams. I said, you know, my most, my most likely landing spot would be Houston because it's a place where he can go ahead and play right away. I think a team that makes sense, but the ownership there and the management would probably not want to do it because it would stunt your quarterback's growth potentially and kind of give you like a Wentz hurt situation where you're kind of like, do we really believe in this guy? Do we really not? Is the Giants because I don't know how badly you want to mess with Daniel Jones's psyche. This is a really, really, really big year for him. Um, finding out who he is and you know what, because he's got plenty of talent there. Yeah. I don't know if bringing in a guy like a Cam Newton would help him or if it had hurt him. Um, but I think it would make sense for Cam, obviously, to go be a backup in a place where you know they could pull the plug at any time. Um, and then the third team, it's really two teams, and I don't think i think the likelihood of this is less than five percent for either uh there is a little bit of an urban connection in jacksonville uh because cam obviously uh started his college journey at florida yeah um when urban was coaching there um i think between the jaguars and the Bengals, it makes some sense not a not a whole lot and when you're that age and you're at where cam is in his career you don't want to go to a team that's rebuilding but I think a place like that where the quarterback can go down at any time and it's a young quarterback they want to protect, you know, with an offensive line as putrid as either of those teams has, maybe that's another chance for him to kind of play and maybe rebuild himself. And also a chance for one of those teams to flip him if he does, you know, kind of regain some value. If, say, Trevor Lawrence gets banged up with an ankle injury in week three, Cam comes in, sets the world on fire for a few weeks, maybe another team comes calling. Maybe a Washington comes calling if Fitzpatrick's not cutting it. And there you go. You got Cam. You just signed him for, you know, a million and a half dollars and you trade him for like a fifth round pick. Just a thought. I don't think any of those are like, I think the only likely team is Houston, but who knows? I hope not. For the yeah. sake of my bold position. And by the yeah, way, I guess you can, you can also toss the Jets in there, by the way, a team that has a young quarterback Zach where Wilson. they might want to protect him a bit. Uh, and, and I don't think they have a reasonable backup there either. They have a uh, Josh Johnson who I'm, Probably killed the Eagles last week. I didn't really watch the game a whole lot. I had it on for noise. But and I, I agree with you. I like the Vikings, actually, as your, uh, a dark horse. That's a good call. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm tired of Cousins. What do you... <laughs> I'm tired of Cousins. Yeah. What do, you, uh, what do you expect from Mac Jones? What do you think he'll do? I mean, I don't know how flashy he'll be, but let's... What do you think? So let me read off some of the names of the players who will be catching the passes Mac Jones throws. Uh, or attempting to in yeah. this guy's case. So Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, James White, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry are the primary targets in New England. They still have, um, I believe his name's Matthew Slater, but I believe he's like a special teams player. Yeah. They just cut Matt Lacoste, the um, the tight end. They still have Damian Harris, who is going to be their lead back, but they're not exactly boasting you know, a crazy wide receiver core and a ton of weapons there. So what do you expect to see out of Mac? Anything? Uh, I expect to see more confidence now that he is basically the man 
in New England. Nothing over your shoulder with Cam, none of that drama. He'll have some swag. He'll get his, his feet wet. I'm sure Belichick and McDaniels and him are working in the lab to cater that offense to him. Check down Poppy. Give it to your Sony Michelle. It's in the contract year, by the way. Um, like all the receivers that you well, just Well, Michelle made. was traded. Oh, was he? Yeah, LA. I sound like an idiot. But anyway, I Jones, just check down. Just basically cater the offense to him. It's a young quarterback and slowly build his confidence. You don't want to you know, rush him out there. For sure. And like you said in the last episode. And just keep him healthy. Yeah, facts. Like you said in the last episode, you can never really check out the New England Patriots and Belichick, even though they lost Tom Brady and now Cam. Yeah. They'll find a way to be relevant and make some noise in that AFC East. I agree. No. So the uh, uh, the big rumor this week, quarterback wise, was the Deshaun Watson to Miami rumor. Uh, Miami seems to be the only team that is truly linked to him, aside from Philly, which was a brief, short lived type of deal. <laughs> uh, Watson apparently doesn't want to waive his no trade clause to come to Philly. It's a shame he can't do something against his will, um, but he can make others do it. Uh, so Miami doesn't have Jesus. a ton of draft capital. Yeah. Similar to what the Eagles like, actually have the Eagles potentially have three first round picks next year. Miami in 2022, they have the 49ers first round pick. 2023, they have their own first round pick, and they also have the 49ers uh, first round pick. Plus, they would probably have to include Tua Tagovailoa in the trade. Um, okay. Tua's value, who knows what it is right now? Uh, tons of potential. A team like Houston would almost definitely want to take a shot on him, dude. It's a way to because you have a potential franchise quarterback coming in. Uh, you know, coming in return for your guy. Um, do you think Deshaun to Miami makes sense? Obviously, I don't really want to get into all the, you know, the legal stuff. Um, if he's cleared, if he's not cleared, obviously, if he's not, then we're not even going to worry about this. I mean, Watson to Miami, what do you make of any of that, if anything? I like it a lot. It's basically a restart button for both franchises. It looks like they're, for whatever reason, they're done with Tua. I don't know why. Maybe it's leftiness or he's too short or he's too green. But, uh, it's a way, it's a way to restart because they won ten games. Granted, it was with Fitz and Tua. Tua didn't start all all those games, so it was a combo. Probably they didn't like what they saw without Tua at the end of the season, and uh, they missed the playoffs, I believe. Right? Yeah, they think they missed the playoffs. Yeah, they they almost made it. They had a good run toward the end. Yeah, they, there's a lot sense. to be excited about if you're a Dolphin fan. Yeah, keep all those pieces, but if you want to trade Tua, yeah, put them in Houston. Houston, you basically get someone who didn't want to be there, but he's young. Mm-hmm. And you basically start fresh, new coach, new everything, and build a foundation and grow with him. I agree. So yeah, I like yeah. The, the, the Watson stuff is very dicey. Um, yeah, very dicey. Obviously, we, we want to know all the facts and everything. Uh, we're not going to accuse him of truly doing anything or or absolve him of anything. So it's a, you got to walk on eggshells when you discuss a thing like that. Um, Allegedly, yeah. Uh, just to kind of round up the uh, just the around the league news. Any fantasy players out there? I uh, just had a three drafts this past weekend. J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, Cam Akers, all out. That changes everything. Uh, uh, James Robinson, Gus Edwards, Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle, four guys to look out for. Um, uh, it was a small rumor. I don't know how much um, steam it truly gained, but Todd Gurley is still on the market. There was a small Gurley to Baltimore rumor I saw on Sunday. Wondered what that uh, would do for him. He would have to split carries, obviously, with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, it, maybe it's a good place for him to go, get a chance to win a championship potentially, and also maybe kind of all, you know, still kind of rehab because he's he's been banged up quite a bit in the last few years. 
the Atlanta experiment didn't really work out. Um, obviously the Rams just like, we're very ready to move on from him. Uh, he's an intriguing player. What do you make of that? I like it. When I first heard about it, uh, early to Baltimore, I thought of uh LeGarrette Blunt. You can have him as situational d- downs. You don't have to, he doesn't have to be the feature back. Uh, let him rehab, you know, less pressure off of him. You got Jackson who's going to run the ball anyway. And he'll share the carries and yeah, he can be like a, you know, the bus or Jamal Lewis, or, you know, like I said, LeGarrette Blunt in that situational downs when you need him the most. So I like it a lot. Good fit for him. So the Eagles announced their final cuts yesterday. They had to get down from, I believe, 90 to 53. Um, obviously, with the 24 hours since, they have signed some guys back onto the practice squad. But uh, Travis Fulgham was cut yesterday. He was made available to all the other 31 teams. John Hightower, who played quite a bit last year, um, he's also gone. Uh, they actually cut Jordan Howard, among others. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But they kept J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who I know you're not thrilled about keeping. I will try to justify it. I'm not a J.J. guy, but I will try to justify it. He had a nice play against the Jets in week three of the preseason. Fulgham was fun last year, and I still do believe that he will be a, a quality player, not, you know, 1,000 yards in three games or whatever it was, but I think he's still a quality player. But uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside probably benefited from playing some special teams uh, in the preseason because the Eagles also cut, I believe, they cut uh, Jason Huntley, uh, Graylin Arnold and Michael Jaquette, three guys who I'm almost positive played some special team snaps uh, for JJ to kind of play those snaps. That probably helped to get him on the roster, but I know you're not thrilled about having him at all. Um, I you I can see the steam coming out of your ears already. Talk to me, bro. How do you? <laughs> Fogum only played one season with us. Granted. He came in out of nowhere because everybody was injured and whatnot. Those first five games, he was electric. The best receiver on that team by far. And boy, mm-hmm. do I have the stats. I had to see, like, is JJ, am I off on JJ or not? So I had to check it out. So and- DK Metcalf last year against the Eagles alone <laughs> had better stats than JJ did his first two seasons in the NFL. Dude, Fulgham in his one season with the Eagles did better than the two years that J. Jaw has been. Christ. And here it is. Here's the stats. Fulgham played 12 games, right? He was 38 of 67, right? That's a 56. I was just trying to 57% completion catching for a total of 540. Consider who's throwing the ball to him as well. Hurts went, checked hesitation, Poppy himself. So he still made it happen with four touchdowns, by the way. After that, those next seven games, obviously trash. But in those seven games that he was trash, one was uh, one game he had zero catches, right? Jaw in 2019, his rookie year, his first year, eight games. He was 10 of 22. That is less than 50% off the bat. 170 yards, one touchdown. And that was that in was, the Miami. And that was games. eight. Yeah. That was eight games. Let's go back last year. He only played how many games? Five. So he played, in the total of two years, he played one more game than Fulgham did in his one year with the Eagles. Tejo, in five games last year, four four catches out of eight. 
That's 50% on the dot, 85 yards, zero touchdowns, obviously. And he had two games with zero uh, catches, two games with one, and then one game with two receptions. I rest my case. Fulgham was more productive. Even though he dropped off out of the first five games, he yeah. was there, and he was some sort of a difference maker. And if you want to see totality, have them combined. J.J. all 13 games, had 46% reception, one touchdown, Fulgham in 12 games, 57% with four touchdowns and 540 yards. I rest my case. Yeah. J.J. should be on the practice squad, if anything, and Fulgham should be in that sixth slot, the fifth slot, whatever slot J.J. is. This is crazy. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how much of this is a Howie Roseman thing trying to save his job, you know, saying, hey, I drafted this guy in the second round. If he gets cut three years into the NFL, I look like a bozo. But meanwhile, I signed this practice squad guy from the Lions, and he looks like Calvin Johnson for three games. I, I think that uh, if Fulgham's going to make his way either onto the active roster or on a different roster at some point. Uh, we touched on it last week. There's really not a whole lot of, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of open spots. I figured they were going to, they had to keep Smith, obviously. They were going to keep Rager. Greg Ward seems like yeah, the coaching staff likes him, and Quez Watkins showed a lot in the preseason and the training camp. So unless they were going to keep six receivers, they pretty much only had to keep one of the remaining three. Hightower feels like a guy that's a good practice squad guy. I think some a younger team will probably try to grab him uh, because he does have some potential. He showed a little bit last year. If he could locate the ball in the air and catch it, he's got good enough speed. Jay Jaw, something made him a second-round pick. He was able to go and high point the ball in college. He's a big dude. If they could just get something out of him, that'd be great. But I, I agree. So they did sign a couple of guys to the practice squad today. Um, a handful, I'm almost positive all these guys were here. So Fulgham was signed to the practice squad, which is surprising nobody grabbed him. I'm, he will be on an NFL roster this year. Uh, Jason Huntley, who I at one point last year had one carry for like negative seven yards. Uh, Sua Opeta, Jordan Howard, friend of the show, in my closet right now. I have a Jordan Howard jersey. I was about to um, say, wait, John Hightower, who we Jordan mentioned. Jordan in your closet? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just hanging out. Told you he's a friend of the show. Uh, Michael Jaquette, Graylin Arnold, uh, special teamers, you know, third string guys. Um, also, Ross Piercebacher, who, hey. if you're a college football fan, you will know he went to Alabama. Actually, a pretty good lineman in college. I believe he his downfall is a little undersized. Um and I believe that's it. There are other names, but none of them noteworthy necessarily. Um, obviously, as we get closer to the opening night, uh, there will be plenty of moves made. They might even trade some guys away. They just traded away uh, Matt Pryor yesterday. They traded Matt Pryor and a seventh-round pick to Indianapolis for a uh, sixth-round pick in return. So they basically moved up around, and they were going to cut him anyway, so good for them for doing that. But you're going to see plenty of uh, shuffling from this point forward. Teams are going to cut guys. Teams are going to sign guys. Um, yeah. I believe Equinemius St. Brown was cut. He's a guy that some people mentioned the Eagles should go after. Uh, he's been pretty unproductive, but there's a little bit of potential there. Maybe a change of scenery type of guy. Um, but, uh, you know, even if, if Jay Jaw is not even on the roster by September 9th, I wouldn't be shocked because they could just go find John Brown was cut. They could just go sign John Brown off the street tomorrow and then cut Jay Jaw. So you never know what will happen. So I don't make too much of this. Uh, the most telling portion of it, however, was that Jay Jaw and Watkins were put on the team and Fulgham and Hightower were not. I felt like it was Hightower versus Watkins in a way and then Fulgham versus Jay Jaw in a way, although it's not yeah, truly so that I, way. I saw that. But it felt like, you know, Watkins and Hightower had similar skill sets. They were going to keep one and not the other. Yeah, I felt the same way. 
Um, but yeah, as soon as I saw Fogum on the practice court, I was like, all right, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Speaking JJ of... Sega Whiteside fucks up again, I will be the first to tell you, get him the off the team immediately. Immediately. And I'll be pr- yeah. celebrating his demise well, when he gets cut. Which I should he can doing, go. But uh, he can get the fuck out of my face. But one other roster move which got a lot, a lot of attention this past weekend was on Sunday. Uh, was it Sunday or Saturday? The Eagles traded for Gardner Minshew. Uh, they got him for free. They gave him like a six-round pick to Jacksonville. Uh, um, my first question to you, and I don't want to get too, you know, sports talk radio-y. Right. Uh, is this trade disrespectful to uh, Jalen Hurts, or is this more of like, hey, we're just gonna, we're just looking for value here. We got a, we got a pretty much a, a one B type of deal with how good he's been in the NFL. Pretty a guy who has starter experience, got him for almost nothing. Is it a value thing or is it, hey, we don't believe in Jalen Hurts? What's your take on it? It's one, one for me. It's value. You basically like you just hit it on the head. They all have started. Obviously, Hurts is now the starter. Flacco, Super Bowl, and Minshew has done his thing in Jacksonville. You have basically three starters. I guess you, there's no real quarterback controversy in this case. You do have three quarterbacks. It's all value. Now, if they want to get rid of Hurts for whatever reason, because, you know, Watson was lingering in the air. Now Cam is in as a free agent. If they ever want to get rid of Hurts, they can package him in a deal. And now you have Flacco and Minshew. Or you can do the same thing with Flacco, package him in a deal, or Minshew. Either way, you have a capable starter and you have a capable backup. Because Nate Sedfield wasn't doing it for me as a career backup. When he came on the field at times, or uh, who's the other guy who I'm forgetting? McCown. When he came on the field, I just tre- I just cringed. I'm like, please, don't don't die. Don't fuck this up for me. Now, if Minshew's out there in the playoffs in you know December, I'm all right. I'm all right with it. He can gunsling it. It's Uncle Rico. He can do what he can. He can do no wrong in my book. But, yeah, I think it's a value pick. So I'm going to read some stats, too, and I'm not going to tell you who they are attached to. I guess by suggesting this, um, we are kind of you know, persuading you one way or the other. So I'm only going to go based on the starts that Hurts made. I'm not going to count like the little cameos here and there, and I'm not going to count the, uh, the, the full games he played. So he played three full games, uh, the Dallas game, the Saints game, and the Cardinals game. I'm not going to count the Washington game. I'm not going to count the Packers game. I'm not going to count like the little cameos he made. And then for Minshew, I'm only going to count this past season uh, because I think it's more of like, what have you done for me lately? Rookie quarterback year, that's usually not a big indicator of how they'll be. Um, So I'm not going to tell you who is who. However, uh, one of them had a 54.8% completion percentage. One of them had a 66.06 completion percentage. Um, one of them averaged 282 yards in the air per game. The other averaged 251. One of them had a two to one touchdown interception ratio. The other one had about a three to one. So, I mean, the, the numbers are relatively similar. Hertz in his three starts was the 54.8% completion percentage. He was 62 for 113, uh, 847 yards, 282 a game, four touchdowns, two picks in the games he played start to finish. Um, he had 38 carries, 238 yards, 79 yards per game, three touchdowns on the ground. So he had four touchdowns in the air, three on the ground, two interceptions in those starts. Uh, Minshew in only 2020 had a 66% completion percentage, 2,259 yards, 16 touchdowns, five picks. 
and had one touchdown on the ground. So, I mean, make of it whatever you want. Hertz was in a much different situation from Minshew. Minshew took over for Foles two years ago and then pretty much was the incumbent starter last year. The only other guy that started for them, I believe, was the Jake Luton guy, and that was just because Minshew was hurt. And then Hertz came in because of the fact that he had to play when uh, when Wentz was benched by Doug. So two different circumstances, different sets of expectations, um, different cities, of course, different directions. The Eagles are coming off of a playoff berth, and the Jaguars are uh, you know, approaching the number one pick in the draft. So two different things. Um, does this trade at all change your expectations for Jalen Hurts, or do you think that this trade changes how the front office expects Jalen Hurts to grow? I think the latter. And they expect him to grow. You think it's more about the front office just not being 100% sold on him? Dude, that front office was an abysmal last year. Influenced the starting lineups whenever they wanted to. I mean, Doug's hands were probably tied. We don't know it for sure, yeah. but those were the indications that Lori himself and Howie Roseman were basically setting up the starting active roster and lineup each game because Doug couldn't do it because they wanted D-Jack and they wanted Alshon Jeffrey when they came back from injury yeah. during the Fulgham run, which was blasphemous. Fulgham getting benched for Jeffrey was a fireable offense. From all counts, if it if it's truly from head up, Howie and Lori. I mean, you can't fire yourself, Lori. I mean, you could do what uh, Calangelo did, get your wife or something in there, but yeah. <laughs> bro, <laughs> nonsense. It, it, come on now. So I don't think they're really sold on Hertz, per se. Yeah, it's it's nothing Jalen has done, and everything Not we said it last week too. It, you know, Jalen's got the makeup to be in a city like this. Jalen's personality, it, while not as colorful, reminds me a little bit of Embiid, where he is hardened to the point where you know he can handle some criticism, and he always will take the blame, even if it's not entirely his fault. Uh, something that another gentleman from earlier in the podcast could benefit from, you know, maybe taking a little bit of blame every so often. Uh, ben Be Simmons, vocal. How you doing? Uh, not a friend of the show. Not at all. But hey, Jalen Hurts is heading into his second year, first full season as a presumptive starter. Um, we can do rapid fire on this if you'd like, or we can kind of give some little nuggets and tidbits. I thought this would be a cool little exercise. Um, and he's getting we're his quarterback. The, I mean, his wide receiver, Devontae Smith. Let's yeah. not gloss over that. So Another we're gonna guy have. we're going to talk about, actually. So what I did here is I compiled all the prolific quarterbacks and receivers from the last two drafts. Uh, we only went about a, a round, sometimes round and a half deep on these. I'm going to read off five names of quarterbacks rookie quarterbacks okay. heading into their first season in the nfl um three of them are definitely going to start two of them might start at some point uh, i want you to rank them in terms of how you think they're going to do at the end of the season what is the ranking that these gentlemen will have um so trevor lawrence obviously picked first overall by the jags zach wilson second overall by the jets and then trey lance third from the uh, by the niners Justin fields went a little bit further down and Mac Jones obviously went to the Pats. Um, if you were to rank those five to one based on perception of them and totality of body of work by the end of the season, what do you think? All right. I know so. you're a big Justin Fields guy. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. As I scratch my head on this one. Um, as you mentioned, uh, a couple of these guys aren't going to be starting. So at number five, I do have Justin Fields. For the simple fact, he's not starting. You have 
I think it's the third string, if not the backup. Um, he's definitely the backup. I don't know where he is in relation to Foles, but yeah. And Chicago, they have an historic abysmal offense. I mean, Justin yeah. Hill can make you know sh- uh, chicken out of chicken shit, but. I have him at five. I have Zach Wilson at four because the Jets are rebuilding. Okay. So and it's that division. You never know. They're probably gonna eat each other alive. Mac Jones in said division. Like I said earlier, I think Belichick and Daniels are gonna tailor that offense towards him. Show his strengths. Number two, I have Definitely. uh Trey Lance. Forty Niners. Okay. Shanahan, he'll take over the job. Mar- uh not Mariota. Uh porn star Jimmy G over there. I think his time is done. <laughs> And then, uh, of course, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. He'll have the best body of work. He'll be the starter. Urban Meyer, of course, head coach. And there's no real expectation of them blowing the doors and winning the division. It's yeah. just about progressing and sure. getting those reps in. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go pretty similar to yours. Um, I think what we talked about last week, I thought about it more and I actually listened to the, uh, the segment last week as well. And the more I listened to it, the more I actually agreed with it. So fifth, I have Zach Wilson because I don't know, aside from Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder, who's going to catch the ball. And he might have decent passing yardage numbers by the end of the year just because they will be losing by so many points at any time and they're going to just have to throw the ball. And they have three running backs. None of them are any good. Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, and um, uh, Michael Carter. So, I mean, I don't expect them to move the ball very well. Um, Fourth, I'm going to have Mac Jones. This is not an indictment on him, although I don't really think he's that great. I just think the other three guys are so much better than him. Um, Trey Lance third and Justin Fields second. They're going to be in similar situations where they're not starting day one, um, barring injury or barring, you know, really, really bad play by their starters, whether it be Dalton or uh, Jimmy G. Um, we might not even see them till midseason. And then Lawrence, because I think he's just going to play the most. Um, I said last week that I think Fields is going to be more of like the you know, the, the look, he's going to have much more of like a flashy, yeah, sensation. He's going to have more flashy plays. Lawrence will just be solid. I think he'll try to make too many things happen. And, you know, people are going to talk about, hey, this guy's just got to dial it back a little bit. I think Fields and Lance are just so such prolific athletes that they're going to look awesome on tape. But by the end of the year, Lawrence will have the best numbers. Um, this next one, I want to do receivers. This is only three guys. Um, Jamar Chase drafted by the uh, the Bengals. Uh, Jalen Waddle drafted by the Dolphins and Devontae Smith drafted by the Eagles. Now, this is actually pretty funny, and it's pretty fun, actually, because Chase gets to play with his college quarterback, Joe Burrow. Uh, Jalen Waddle gets to go play with Tua, and Devontae Smith plays with Jalen Hurts. So uh, if you had to rank them three to one, what are we looking at? Three to one, Devontae Smith, uh, which is shocking, but I don't know what to make of Hurts yet. As the startup, we got to see how he is, how that offensive line holds up, how the defense, you know, how he reads the defense. And we don't know. And we they're all rookie receivers, so we don't know how they're going to fare with the NFL uh, defenses. So I have him at three. I have uh, Jamar Chase at two. I think I like that. And uh, that's the one in the Bengals, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, Jamar Chase, Bengals. I like Burroughs Joe a lot. Burrow. I love Burroughs a lot. He can sling it. And if, they, if he can stay upright. If he can stay on his feet, he'll be great. And then Waddle. The Dolphins are good, 10-6, and six, and they just added a weapon. And, again, if they get Cam, if they get uh, – what's, what's his face? Watson, or they keep Tua, they're in good shape at quarterback either, either way. Yeah, so. so I view it the same way you do in the sense that the Dolphins are the best team of the three, but I think that actually hurts Waddle. 
Um, while there is a connection there with Tua, I wonder if the inexperience factor and just having to share the ball with so many players is going to hurt him. Yeah. You know, they have Gaskin out of the backfield. Um, you know, Gasicki is a pretty good tight end. They have Parker, who's really come on strong. Um, and they have Will Fuller coming back from suspension at some point before he gets hurt again. Um, so I have Waddle third because I think there's the, the target share is going to be a little bit different there. He might get maybe 10% of the targets down there. Uh, Jamar Chase second, uh, partially because I worry about Joe Burrow, partially because they have T. Higgins, and partially because they have Tyler Boyd. Boyd is a fantastic receiver. T. Higgins, I think, I think very highly of, as you'll see next. Okay. And, uh, you know, but Jamar Chase is good, but they still, they also have Joe Mixon, too. So that they have another, that's another team got to share the ball pretty much. And then uh, I just think Devontae Smith will have the best numbers of the three. I don't know if he'll flash the best on tape, but I think just the fact that he is the obvious best player on the offense is just going to benefit him here. And unless he gets hurt, I think he's just going to finish the season with pretty good numbers. He has a chance to win offensive rookie of the year, although I think it'll still be Lawrence. Um, so this one, we can go pretty quickly on quarterbacks heading into their second year. This is a big year for most quarterbacks. This is when some of them take the leap. You can guess who I think is going to take the leap out of these five, but Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Jordan Love, who, and uh, Jalen Hurts <laughs> are the five. Uh, so Hertz was taken in the second round. The other guys were taken in the first, but I think Hertz makes sense to group in with them because he will be playing this year. All right. Here we go. Five through one, right? Here we go. Uh, Jordan, who love? Number who? five. Who? Uh, who? The backup quarterback for uh, the Green Bay Packers. I thought he was the power forward for the Cavs. I don't know. I'm I thought so too when you initially had the doc. I'm like, love? Kevin Love? I don't get it. But uh, all right, but um, Gerald Burrow again, if you can stay upright, I like Hurts in this one though, yeah. even though I had him flip flopped okay. with the with the uh wide outs. Tua, I think he'll progress, I think he's gonna take over the mantle, and then uh, of course, the goat himself, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I, you know, man. I'm a big Herbert guy, I, I might go one through five here because you already know I'm gonna pick Herbert. Yeah. Um, and you already, well, you already know love will be five. I think, you know, I'll go for, I'll go four through three, four, three, two. Um, so Hertz, I just have fourth, you know, love obviously fifth, cause we probably just won't see him play. Yeah. Um, I don't, I still don't know what he is, it, you know, how he's an athletic quarterback. He's mobile, but I, I still don't know what he is on pro level. Anyway, Hertz, I'm going to put forward just because I don't know if he is the same caliber as the other three. Um, he's definitely got the, the right mindset and the right makeup to be a quarterback, especially in a big market like this. Uh, and especially with, you know, probably not a whole lot of expectations, but still. Um, I'm going to put Burrow three. I just worry about him health-wise. I think he's got plenty to work with there. I just don't think there'll be any good. Tua, I think, is going to, you know, turn a lot of heads this year, prove people wrong. He hears he hears these rumors about Deshaun Watson. He hears that he's not the man. He hears that, you know, Fitz should have played more last year. I think he'll be terrific this year. Uh, oh, Justin Hurd. Herbert won. I think Herbert is a a dark horse MVP candidate. It, there's just so much talent on that team. He's got Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler is good. You know, the, the the team is terrific. Mike Williams, while he has been up and down in his career, it's still a you know quality player. And he's got the uh, the future MVP Josh Palmer on that team. And they're just going to be so good that that Charger team. They're going to make a you know a playoff push. Um, I'm very excited. And then we'll do uh, second year. Yeah, me too. That's going to be a fun division. Then and the NFC West. 
Uh, second year wideouts, we'll just do the first five names on here. I listed a bunch because there's a lot, but yeah, we'll just do uh, Henry Ruggs of the Raiders, Jerry Judy of the Broncos, CeeDee Lamb from the Cowboys, Jalen Rager who from the Eagles, and Justin Jefferson from the Vikings. Um, do you want me to go first on this one? Yeah, you go first. All right, so let's put Rager fifth um, just because I, I while I don't think he will be as, you know, as rough as he was last year. And he looked good when he was on the field. He caught a bomb week one, and then he, he did score in that disgusting Cowboys game that the <laughs> Eagles won on Sunday night, the one game. So he showed flashes, and I, and the touchdown on the punt return definitely, I feel like, could have been one of those moments where you flip a switch for a guy. And I think heading into a new uh, you know, a new year, new scheme, new coach, new quarterback, basically, uh, new offense, I think it'll be a good reset for him. Uh, he was you know, kind of bogged down by injuries last year i think he was in his head a little bit you know i don't want to compare him to Aguilar, but you the obvious connection can be made there first round pick underperform year one in his head potentially you know a bunch of flux at quarterback yeah so i'll put rager fifth um the next one is tough for me i'm gonna put henry ruggs fourth while he is a you know a, a unique receiver very fast and he was the first receiver off the board last year gruden loves his Receivers just as much as he loves his quarterbacks, but uh, as weird as it is, the number one receiver for the Raiders is their tight end, Darren Waller, who is basically just a big receiver. That's a stud. I think Waller just will garner so much attention, and they still have Renfro, and they still have Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake now. I just think Ruggs, the numbers will not match his talent. Jerry Judy, same deal with the Broncos. I mean, there's, there's not enough footballs to make that team happy. There's so many weapons on that team. Deshaun Hamilton's on that team. KJ Hamler, they still have Cortland Sutton. Uh, Judy's terrific. Noah Fant's a good pass catcher. Melvin Gordon's there. Uh, Javante Williams. They're just missing a true number one quarterback, which hopefully Teddy can be. Um, Second, I'm going to put CeeDee Lamb just because I think Justin Jefferson was so sensational last year. Lamb with a healthy Dak may have better numbers, but I think Jefferson's a better player. I basically have virtually everything. I'm just switching rugs and Judy. For the okay. fact of quarterback, and the fact of all the names you mentioned on that Broncos offense, yeah, goodness, like his production. Even if he's great, he still is sharing the rock with all those players. For sure, so that's why I have him at four. Otherwise, he would be at three if it was. Less. I agree. But yeah, we virtually uh, have the same thing. So, do you want to do? Um, so this is our debut. This is up to you now. Do you do you want to do the top five, or do you want to do your W and your L of the week? Do you want to wrap it up with the W of the week and the all of the week, or do you want to wrap it up with the top five? These are two things that we are definitely going to do every episode from here on out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a W and an L of the week. I have two W's and one L, um, which is kind of goes against the whole premise of it. And then the top <laughs> five, which is usually not going to be sports related. We'll find sports adjacent categories in the future, but we're not going to, we're going to try to stay away from these sports rankings for the top five portion. Um, what are you feeling here? Do you want to just flip a coin? I don't have a coin here. Oh, you go first. Well, I mean, what do you want to do? You want to do the ah. W and the L or do you want uh, to do w the, the top five list? W and L. All right. So W and L of the week. I have one fun W and then one like sincere W of the week. Uh, my sincere W is going to go out to Leonard Fournette, uh, a guy who I actually am a huge fan of, admittedly. So there is some bias here. But Leonard Fournette pledged $100,000 to hurricane relief in his hometown of New Orleans, Louisiana which I think is super cool. Obviously, guys do it all the time. Guys always give back, but it's always worth mentioning. Even when these guys are making millions of dollars, that's a lot of money. 
and that's going to go a long way. And I hope that helps a lot of families down there. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers are with everybody down there. T's and P's uh, up here. We're getting hit by a lot of rain right now. You can probably hear the wind. So I can only imagine how bad it is in a place where, you know, it, they are just destroyed by hurricanes, you know, all the time. Um, my other W is actually a little bit more fun. So this is going to go out to Jesus Aguilar of the Miami Marlins. Did you see this? No. So this is going to tie into my L of the week as well. Um, <laughs> so the L of the week has, has to do with the Mets as just a whole. But my W of the week goes out to Jesus Aguilar, the first baseman for the Marlins, who was chirping back and forth, probably in good fun, with uh, Francisco Lindor and uh, and or Javier Baez of the Mets. Uh, he turns to the dugout and he starts making uh, gestures and everything and I says, Hey, you're the one booing the fans, not me. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny and offered a fun little moment in a, a week of Mets, LOL Metsing. So uh, my L of the week is going to be the New York Mets in general. Um, I mean, that's my this whole Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor. Lindor <laughs> and Baez giving the thumbs down to the fans and saying, Hey, you, uh, you boo us when we do poorly. We're going to give you a thumbs down. When we do well. What a stupid idea. Jesus Christ. Could you imagine if somebody did that in Philly? <laughs> if Ben Simmons, you know, had an and one and then just started booing the fans, or they would, Carson. he would literally get shot. <laughs> like he, they would find a way to kill that man. So that's a good way to piss off your fan base, especially Steve Cohen there who doesn't know shit from apple butter when it comes to baseball. Um, and also uh, shout out to the mess GM getting arrested on his way home from a gathering at Cohen's house. Uh, and then yes. also just to put a little cherry on top, even within a W for the Mets, they still managed to take an L. Um, so here's the L for Javier Baez. Javier Baez yesterday, uh, the Mets played a doubleheader against the Marlins. There was a walk-off victory in game one uh, with a left fielder, Jorge Alfaro, former Philly, uh, booted a ball in left field. The Mets wound up scoring. Within the celebration after that game, Javier Baez lost what can only be presumed to be a very, very expensive earring, and he this made the grounds crew look for it. So the grounds crew and the Mets um, executive, uh, Sandy Alderson, were on the field between games of a doubleheader looking for this guy's earring. So here's your L. Um, it's all in good fun. No disrespect to the Mets, but it's always fun to you know laugh at your rival. Obviously, the Phillies are probably loaded with L's too, but hey. Yeah. Gotta have some fun on here. What do you got for me? Hey man, that was that was my L of the week as well. When you told me that story earlier, I'm like, wait, a twenty? Come on now, an earring? Uh, relax. You make yeah, enough money. It's a twenty thousand dollar earring, most likely. But when you're hitting the way he is, ever since he got traded, that twenty thousand, he's not getting a ton of millions in free agency this offseason. Awesome. And then, all right, so that was my L, and my W is us, the internet. We got a treat. We got Donda's release. Nonsense. That's a Donda, good call. Donda, Donda, Donda. That that abomination of an album. Twenty seven tracks. Cut it in half and then cut it in half again. Maybe that's the <laughs> album. Fuck that. And then obviously the Bishop Sycamore thing. What a treat that was to end August. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, W goes out to anybody who has a Twitter account. <laughs> Basically, yeah, the internet, the cesspool that we are, the internet. It just memes after memes. I just can't get enough. Uh, the internet never takes an L. It just takes dubs. And that was one of the Donda and Sycamore. But yeah, those are my W's and L's of the week. What's your, do you want to elaborate further on your L of the week? Or do you just kind of echo the sentiments? This is the show's L of the week, the Mets. Basically the Mets. Yeah. The Mets. How about that? We came in, destroyed your hopes and dreams at first place. You're looking at us from third place and you're just 
booing your fans. Yeah, pissing that, your fans off. They didn't deserve Kumar Rocker anyway, so hey, I'm glad hey, they didn't get to sign real him. Real quick, real quick. Met fans. Hit me. Met fans. How do you feel you were first place, you faltered a second, now you're into abyss of third place, and then your star players, especially the one that got traded to you this season, is booing you when they do right? How does that make you feel? You pay to go to Queens and sit in those seats to watch your team not only lose, but then when they do something right, like a hit, they boo you? I'm not I'm not paying to see someone boo me. Excuse you? Come on now. You look crazy out here. You look criminal paying tickets to see the Mets. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Take that black jersey off. Take that orange one. Take the white one off and just soak yourself in sorry and just root for your Jets or your Giants. This season's over. Oh, we're talking I, about the fightings. Baby. I'll give the them fightings. credit, though. I'll give them credit, though. Those black jerseys are beautiful. If yeah, they yeah, weren't the yeah, Mets, yeah. I'd definitely buy one from China. Uh, shout out Jacob DeGrom, speedy recovery. The game is better with Facts. him on the field. It's Facts. a shame he's been out so long because uh, the Mets were more fun with him and he was going to win MVP. So never wish ill will on um, your anybody, even even your harsh rivals. I, I wish DeGrom were playing because uh, it would make the NL East race much more entertaining. Um, they, they still would have fallen And then for... Yeah, we're going to put a wrap on this episode with uh, the debut of our top fives. Um, so every week from here on out, unless we have a hiccup or we're doing an emergency episode or there's just too much to talk about in such a small amount of time, Joel and I are going to present each other with a top five list for the same topic. Uh, this week, we decided to go with pizza toppings. We'll keep it simple to start out with. We have some fun ones on the way. We do have some sports ones, but for now, we're going to go non-sports related. This is... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can make this a sports one because you can buy these at the ballpark. Uh, but we're going to do top five pizza toppings. Do you want to do five, five, and then four, four? Or do you just want to read your five and then I'll read my five? We'll do five. Like, you know, oh, I so, did my five. So you want to start at five and then I'll do my five? Yeah. Number five for me, right. ladies and gentlemen, pepperoni pizza. Oh. The second most basic topic you can get because plain is apparently a Jesus topping. Jesus Christ. That is this is your fifth best? Fifth best, like I Jesus Christ. Like when I when someone orders pizza and I see plain pepperoni, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You couldn't do anything better. Yeah, right. anything else on the menu would have been better than this. I disagree. So, uh, yeah, that's number five. Give I disagree. Choice. The pepperoni pizza is like extra grease, bro. Butter and jelly of life. Get out of here. Get out. No, you get out of here with that. You, you've just never had a good one. Hey, hey, bro. And look at this. There's people that are Muslims out there that can eat pork. Can't throw pepperoni on that. Well, they can't even eat it. You can't even eat it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Can't even eat it. I'm done. This is is stupid. Bring all the hate. You're pissing me off. Bring Uh, all the hate. PA underscore churn pot. Instagram. (laughs) Well, as much as I wanted to poop all over yours, you're going to hate my fifth one. My fifth topping is extra cheese, uh, but not extra mozzarella cheese. This could be Parmesan. It could be... Asiago could be any type of cheese. If you've never had a four cheese or a five cheese pizza, you're missing out. A Wisconsin. Um, uh, dude, I got a five cheese frozen pizza from Walmart a few weeks ago. I, I know Walmart. Five five cheese. Fantastic. Anytime I get a frozen pie, anytime I get a real pie, go to the fridge, get the little bag of Parmesan. Parmesan. Sprinkle it on. Give me some Farmer John cheese. So number five for me is extra cheese. Awesome. All right. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Oh, mad I at thought you were going to hate it. Nah, I'm not mad at it. Okay. I, I mean, for those lacta- lactose intolerant, yeah, they'll hate it, but... Uh, ah, well, that's on them. 
I mean, I'm lactose, but not that bad though. I can eat pizza. Eat, eat it more. You won't be intolerant. I'm not a fairy out here. It. I can eat a pizza. I'm, I'm good. Just take some Beano. You'll be fine. I'm a savage. I'll eat pizza. Uh, my number four is probably something you probably will never see on a pizza, but I don't know. I put it on. Banana peppers. Ooh. Get, get some sweet spice in there. That's a great call. That's number four, buddy. That's number four. I might have to change my list. If you never had banana peppers on your pizza, you haven't lived. You haven't even eaten a pizza. You haven't eaten a pizza. All right, I'm actually changing my list as we speak because that reminds me of one I like. So when I was younger and I used to order from Papa John's on the internet, I used to get jalapenos on my pizza. Number four for me is going to be jalapenos. Hey. Now, this is more specific to a barbecue chicken pie because I think if you get a barbecue chicken pie, you need jalapenos on there. Now, that sounds silly. You don't want them cold, obviously. You're not taking them out of the fridge like I am. Jesus. You baked onto that pie. It's fantastic. You need a little bit of a kick because barbecue chicken tends to be pretty sweet. So this is more specifically for a barbecue chicken pie, but jalapenos, I'm telling you. Dude, have you tried Take both? the seeds out if you don't want them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yo, you'll be hurt. Have you ever tried barbecue chicken with a little bit of honey mustard on it? I haven't. That sounds pretty good. Dude, so. they have a spot here in Jersey. A one, a one. Throw a little. How do I get to Jersey? By the way, do I take the uh, do I take the turnpike there or do I take the turnpike there? Uh, turnpike, of course. Oh, okay, take the turnpike there for sure, for sure. Uh, all right, that yeah, sounds good though. What what's your third? My third. Oh, this is gonna be controversial out here. Pineapple. Hmm. And Rob had just thrown up, literally on screen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip my blue light glasses. This Dude. is. Yeah, hold up. Hey, yo, you, you look physically ill. You okay? I'm, I'm just waiting for justification here. I look, I have no problem with Hawaiian things, Hawaiian bread, great, great, The Rock, great. Uh, I don't know. The rocket power, great. <laughs> Tua, love him. Uh, you got to explain to me Hawaiian pie. Hawaiian pie is awesome, and that coincides with my next topic. But you know, it is what it is. Pineapple, dude. Goodness gracious, the, <laughs> the sweetness. Oh, I, it belongs on a pie. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't, I don't need justification. I'll order it tenfold. You invite me to a barbecue out there in Philly, watch me bring a pie that has pineapple on it. People will eat it. That was pineapple pizza to a barbecue. Whatever. Uh number three. Oh, wait, wait. And it's oh, I'm and it's cooked. Sorry. Don't don't drop cold. No, no, no. Yeah, no I was cold say, pineapple. They can't be cold. They gotta be they gotta be warm. That that's that, I'll give you a little bit of a break there because they can't I've, be cold. Have you but I've it, been, it, I've ordered, right, good call? I've ordered pineapple and pizza and they throw pineapple at the end. I'm like, what is this? I'm literally picking up my the spice. My mom likes Hawaiian pie. And it drops off. And it's dripping everywhere. My mom likes Hawaiian pie, but she gets it without the sauce. I feel like it's probably better that's, than that's with the sauce. Your mom, see, yeah, your mom so knows. I'll give her. Your mom knows. <laughs> Come on now. You over here flaming. She also me. agrees with us as far as Ben Simmons goes. So she is a friend, a literal friend of the show, I guess. Friend of the show. Of um, show. Number three for me, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go with diced tomatoes. Now, Ooh. have you ever had a margarita pie? Yes, I have. I'll tell you what, they're fire. <laughs> that they might be like the most like 
most like grown up version of a pizza. It's just getting those diced tomatoes a little bit, maybe like a balsamic or something. Good it's stuff. The classier There's not much else I can really say. It's just you just have to try it and then then you'll probably understand. I'm not a big sauce guy either. So if they go light on the sauce with some diced tomatoes, I get my sweetness from the tomatoes. It works. It does. I like it. I, I'm yeah, not mad at that at all. That, I mean, it's, it's not not really controversial. I'm not really going crazy on this list, but I, I just I'm interested to see what uh what your number one and two are because you kind of hit all the ones I uh I thought oh, we're gonna be up there. Uh, my number two, bacon, bro. Interesting, bro. And my and yes, besides pepperoni, I'll have pineapple on my pizza. Banana peppers and bacon all in one. So you just told me pepperoni was five because the Muslims can't eat it. <laughs> um, but you want to put bacon on your pie? <laughs> yes. Because bacon is an American tradition out here. Yes. That sounds very intolerant. I don't know. We're going to get canceled if I'm not already canceled for making fun of Watson earlier. You have someone very close to you that shares a household that loves bacon she will not disagree with me either. I have never once seen her eat bacon on a pizza. She hasn't, unless she she must be cheating on me or something because I've never seen her eat bacon on a pie. I'm sure it's good. I've never had it. It's fucking amazing. I feel like, but it's like crisp. It goes bacon goes on everything, but it it can't go on everything. You're not putting bacon on like a hoagie. And well, I'm not talking about if long bacon, strips. Ah. chunks. Crumbled, yeah, crumbled and yeah, that makes sense. Okay, whatever. That I'm not talking about strip. You're a crazy person if you put strips of bacon on a pizza. I'm talking about bites. That's what uh, you'd be surprised. Um, be surprised. So I'm contemplating this one because I took one off my list, and I feel like it can go here. You can do one. You can do two. But I'm going to stick with a. I'm going to stick with a classic for two A, and then go a little off the grid for a two B. Two B is going to be buffalo chicken. Now, when I when we came up with the idea for this, I said it can't be like you can't just say barbecue chicken pizza as a as yeah. a, a, a type of pizza. But if you keep in mind for buffalo chicken pizza, it's usually red sauce cheese and then they just put chicken on top. So that's how I kind of viewed that. I think it goes well. Um, I don't need that blue cheese garbage on my plate. I don't need ranch near me. <laughs> well, buffalo chicken, solid little, solid little. You know, extra topping on a pizza. I think it complements the cheese well. I think it complements the sweetness from the sauce well. Uh, as long as it's not, you know, you know, stringy or anything. If it's actual buffalo chicken breast, it's pretty solid. Hold up. What are you mad about? King. Ah. You, you got a buffalo chicken pizza without the blue cheese? What what yes. kind of shit are you what you haven't lived? All right. Blue cheese is for pussies. Let, let's be real. <laughs> What's the point of having something buffalo if you're just going to dial back the heat anyway? <laughs> to relieve people who dip their wings. So I, whatever. If you prefer the taste, that's fine. But don't eat something spicy if you're just going to make it less spicy. It, like it's all blue cheese is there for. It's not even blue. It's not... <laughs> no shit. You shouldn't. I don't want to hear my panthers associated with blue cheese because they're a color. Powerful Robbie Anderson jersey, by the way. Yes, shout out Robbie Anderson, Temple Made sort of. It's a it's a delicacy out here in, in AC to have a buffalo chicken pizza <sighs> with the blue cheese. 
If you don't have it, you're a walking tourist. You're a heathen. You'll be disgusted. <laughs> You'll be ridiculed. If this was, if we were like Philadelphia with throwing snowballs at Santa, we would chuck, I don't know, rocks at you. Like, what are you doing? Just chuck chunks of you. Could, yeah, you can chuck blue cheese crumbles at each other. Uh, so my two way is going to be sausage. Pretty self-explanatory. Pretty, no pretty standard. Ah, well, I mean, there shouldn't be a difference if it. Whatever. Uh, my two way is sausage. Sausage is pretty self explanatory. I'm I really want to hear your number one because I'm actually intrigued by it. What is it? <laughs> I'm actually excited to hear this because you already knocked out all the main ones and I'm trying to think of what it could be. And I actually don't know. It's the classic. Plain. Dave uh, Portnoy, one bite everybody knows the rules. That man has made a sensation. How do you not go with a classic? That's a good call. <laughs> one bite everybody knows the rules. So your number one topping is nothing. Yes. The Seinfeld of pizza. When in doubt, get it plain. You're right. Everyone likes plain. Yeah, that's a good call. I, I mean, I kind of went. So we almost have each other's inverted numbers one and five because I have extra cheese as my five. And pepperoni <laughs> yeah. is my one. And you have pepperoni five and just plain one. Yeah. So I respect it. Yeah. This is why we made this podcast. This podcast was built on the ability to have a voice. Facts. For your top five pizza topics. I got pepperoni one. Because who in their right mind doesn't? I respect anybody that doesn't eat pork, though. Who in their right mind doesn't like plain or pepperoni pizza? And if you don't like the pepperoni, you just peel it off and you get the residue from the juice and everything, and you get it plain. Could not COVID related. Oh god, I'm choking. I don't know. Pe- water. It was bad pepperoni timing. Pizzas. Pepperoni pizza is number one. There's a reason the pepperoni goes on almost nothing else. It goes with what? Like it goes with uh, pasta salad. And it goes with cheese, and it goes with pizza. Pepperoni was put on this planet to be on pizza, and it sucks at doing it <laughs> one job. I'm actually surprised you couldn't find five that were better than pepperoni the way you hate it so much. <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to just put pepperoni there just to please the masses. Yeah, you got just honorable mention. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Uh, did anything just miss your list? Sausage just missed my list. I like it, but it's just it has to be done a certain yeah. way. So there's a there's a place near where I used to live called Galaxy. Okay. It's on Cotman Avenue in the Northeast. Eight. They have a pizza called the Sheltonham, I think. I forget what it's called. I think it's called a Sheltonham pizza, whatever. Um I might be thinking of a hoagie though. They, they have some sort of oh Santa Fe. That's what it is. It's like the Hyundai Buffalo sauce. It's like a little bit of buffalo sauce, some chicken. Peppers, broccoli, and onion on a pizza, and it sounds like it's way too much. But they make it so that it's not too much on the pizza, and it's fire. So peppers and onions kind of miss my list. Actually, but that I'm just kind of thinking of that one. Like I don't know if it would be universal. Like pepperoni, I feel like is universal. Same thing, sausage. I don't know if that would be like a universal thing. But when I'm thinking of that particular type of pizza from that one place, that's what I think of. Now that you mentioned that. And for that reason, it, it just missed my list. That would be my number five, actually. They have to be grilled, though. You can't put them raw on the pizza. Like, you got to throw them. You got to somehow cook them first and then put them on and yeah, then throw them in the oven. Throw it in there and let it Absolutely. Just cook in, I agree. With, the melt, with the cheese. Because the other the day at work, we had that. We had the square round pizza, thick. Oh, yeah. Dude, it had veggies galore, but it had peppers and onions. Yeah. And it was, dude, I demolished it. Demolished it. Yeah, it was. Ladies and gentlemen out there in Turn Pod Land, notice that uh, Joel the podcast and I 
did not have one specific type of pizza that some of you imbeciles eat. <laughs> Joel, do you know what I'm getting at here? I'm going to let you go off, King. Get that fungus <laughs> guy away from my pizza. Get, get those mushrooms away from me. I don't ever want to see them near my pizza. I don't want them in the same vicinity as my pizza. You know how when you look at um, supplements, like a protein container, it says processed in a facility that also contains nuts, whatever. Yeah. I don't want my pizza to be processed in a facility that also is anywhere near mushrooms. Oh, shit. All right. Because mushrooms are disgusting. Dude. And don't tell me I'm immature for not liking them. Oh, no, no, no. Dude, I'll, I'll order some lo mein, and sometimes they'll throw mushrooms in it. Depends where you go. I'm like, you just fucked it up. I got a, I got frozen food. I got like a frozen meal a few weeks ago. It was like this, like chicken and like some like spicy sauce and some veggies. And I was like, I'm throwing it. I had rice, mushrooms. As soon as I threw that thing in the microwave, I took it out. I saw those shrooms looking at me. I was like, what is the matter with you? I had the same. Why did you ruin this this meal for me? Disgusting. I had the same bag of veggies. Yeah. Notice how we didn't have mushrooms on there. Have you ever had a breakfast pie? Like a, a pizza that has like eggs and stuff on there. I mean, bacon is bacon and, <laughs> and ham, but no. Yeah, I would try that. that. No. All right, um, ladies and gentlemen, we have kind of gotten a little off topic here. Um, this is what this podcast is about. Do you want to touch on? Um, All right. What other news do we have before we sign off tonight? Uh, you go ahead. This is you. Before. Uh, what time have, is it? Almost midnight. If anything. Oh, I thought it was clobbering time. Oh, it is getting clobber in time. Nice segue, because, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a wrestling nerd like myself, or fan, or like an Attitude Era like Rob here, you'll be pleased to know that All Elite Wrestling, AEW's biggest show, is coming this Sunday, and it is called All Out, from Chicago, the motherland of independent wrestling. And guess what? If you know anything about wrestling, you know these this word, CM Punk. Yes, the CM Punk. Clobber in time himself. Mr. I don't know, the god of wrestling, I feel like now. He's back. Full-time wrestling for this promotion, All Elite Wrestling. And he'll be back wrestling for the first time in, I think, seven years against a guy named Darby Allen. Half uh, his face is painted like skull. The other one is opposite face. is like Two-Face or like Sting. Half of Sting. Anyway. Getting off topic. And I'm also 99% sure that there's going to be at least two to three debuts at All Elite Wrestling. And they are and they are all former WWE talent. Like Ruby Soho, a formerly known as Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy, whose new name is slipping my mind. And if you know what this means right here. And for those who are listening, I'm putting my two fingers up in the air in a yes chant. Because one, Daniel Bryan, who's going by... Brian Danielson, a little backwards, is going to be making his AEW debut. The big fish from WWE left there to go to AEW. Whew. What a week. What a time to be a wrestling fan. And it'll be clobbering time for sure this weekend in Chicago and up until the NFL kickoff season. That's my pitch. I don't know any of those names, but uh, if Headbanger Mosh is going to be there and maybe Ahmed Johnson and Crash Holly, I'm in. I think three of those so, people will be producers. They're probably producers back there. I think one of them is dead. So I think I'm, I'm almost positive Crash Holly's dead, so Crash won't be there. But if Headbanger nope. Mosh is there, if I can get some Funaki, um, maybe some uh, Vader. You get Jericho. 
That counts. Come on now. Well, Jericho? what do we got? What do we got in store next week? We're going to record right. next week, most likely either on Tuesday or Wednesday. I uh, will see. Um, actually, I made a boo boo last week when I was talking about um, future recordings. I said that this one was going to be the uh, NFL preview. It actually wasn't. I got my dates mixed up. Next week will either be the preview slash review of week one. Um, but uh, we actually we might have a guest on next week, Joel. Who is that? Oh yeah. We'll have our first guest, Richard DeGroat of Ballstar. He'll be joining us to talk to the latest about the Sixers and possibly the latest on the Ben Simmons trade or saga, whatever that may be. And we will also be talking everything about Eagles offseason and the preview of Philadelphia heading down to the ATL against Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley. And he'll give us a little insight at Life at Ballstar and much more shenanigans along the way. Uh, Tune in for that. Richard DeGroat will be on next week's episode for a little segment. Not the whole show, but he'll be on for a little segment. And uh, Rob, what else we have? On so the we're going to do a little bit of uh, NFL kickoff preview. Um, we're going to start our weekly picks segment. Uh, Trust the Parlay will make its like true debut next week. Can't wait for that. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick winners for every game, not against the spread, just who's going to win the game. We're going to keep track of them. At the end of the year, we're going to put a poll up on the Instagram. Whoever wins that uh, total percentage of picks uh, will, I guess, owe, or be owed something by the other. Something fun, nothing stupid. We're not going to get tattoos of each other on our bodies. Damn it. Or give each other money. But we're going to keep track of that throughout the year to see how fun it is. We're going to call out our game of the week. We're going to pick our um, our dog of the week, our lock of the week, and some good value picks of the week. Uh, we're going to dig in a little deeper on the Eagles game, obviously, because of their the fact that they're local. We're going to dig a little bit into the Bucks and the Cowboys as well, because that is going to be fun. We'll pick out uh, which games we think are going to be a lot of fun. Maybe call out some names of guys we think will be standouts, and we're going to preview what we think we're going to be talking about the following week, the big stories from week one. Uh, what else are we going to do next two. week? I already have my two storylines <laughs> already locked and loaded. Also, uh, we're going to go more into the MLB race. We have already touched on it. Two-and-a-half game for the fight in, in the division and the wild card. We'll see how close they got to the top. Dodgers and Giants trading back and forth in the NL West. And uh, can Bryce Harper solidify himself as the MVP? And can uh, Otani reach that 50 mark for our astute co-host, Rob, to get his wish of, what, 56 you want him to get? Yeah, I'm aiming for 56, which feels like a pipe dream at this point. But, hey, maybe you can do it. Yeah. Anybody can do it, Tim. And, uh, again, we already touched on it. Ben Simmons, that struggle, that saga wouldn't keep keep it locked with you if something breaks midweek we'll throw it on the instagram you'll get our initial reactions on there we even might have an emergency pod who knows if it's a massive trade um our rankings for what rob what do we have rankings for so i'm actually not sure yet uh, we might actually Surprise. i think it makes sense throw a poll up on the instagram the only problem is you can only put two options for a poll so i think you and i should narrow it down to what we think we should rank next week the one i'm most excited about ranking is state flags but i feel like because of the technical difficulties we ran into tonight we would have done it tonight but we oh. weren't able to share our screens because of some issues i've been having with this computer uh we can't share our screens otherwise we'll do it for the people watching on youtube and we'll we'll clip it and throw it on instagram i think state flags might be what we go with next week okay. or maybe we'll do it football adjacent we'll do our top five announcer pairings it's up to you um i think it'll be fun i think the rankings will be one of our like our crowd favorites throughout the year. Um, 
So we're going to throw a poll up on the Instagram, most likely comparing and contrasting, which ones, uh, some of our predictions, comparing, uh, picks, giving you guys the ability to choose what you think we should talk about. Uh, Joel, what is that Instagram that these people can find us at? They can find us at PA underscore turn pod for all of our interactive polls, latest podcast news and all the posting. And we also forgot to mention as we're closing off the show, we did promise uh, if you gave us a five-star rating that we would read it on air. And I was also, just looking for it. <laughs> and our poll on the Ben Simmons, what are our thoughts? We've glossed over it. We were just just nosedived into it, and we were just obviously, as you saw, anyway, if you were looking at the podcast with the clips of it, or you can definitely hear it, you can imagine the uh, the disdain, the physical ill that uh, – Young Rob here was having, as we were talking about Ben Simmons. But uh, we did have three responses on the poll. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to alternate, Rob? Or you want yeah. me to read them all? Yeah, you go first. All right, let me see. Um, Zach Palnall, Zach underscore Palnall, excuse me, said, if we drafted Brandon Ingram instead of Ben, Big Jaw would be an NBA All-Star by now. No cap. Well, he said no hat, but I say no cap. Do you agree? <laughs> Not even a little. <laughs> He's a big Brandon Ingram fan and an even bigger Jalil Okafor fan. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, that, is this one a real response? Yes, um, it is. All right. Chris at 273 says, hell of an ass. I mean, he ain't off. I mean, we ain't talking. Hopefully, well, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm, I'm going to talk about his physical. I'm going to yeah. add one more syllable to that and add hold to the end. Glutes <laughs> maxes. I'm thinking about. He's a hell of an asshole. Yeah, I think that's where he was going with. Um, and the last one is Fill My Cup 97, Philip Dimitrovsky, friend of the show. Uh, great regular season player who has become severely underrated since the playoffs. Agree or disagree, Rob? I think what he means is uh, has underperformed in the playoffs, which I would definitely agree with. Um, if you leave us a five-star rating on the iTunes, I guess not iTunes, they just Apple Pods, right? If you leave us a five-star rating on the Apple Pods, we will read them out. Pick our favorite one of the week. So my favorite one this week, it's from JM5621. Okay. Uh, subject line, PJ Walker should start for the Panthers. That's a good uh, one. If the Eagles go 14-3, and three, you guys can set me on fire. <laughs> Short, sweet, to the point. Uh, that is actually In um, reference. Firefighter Joe. Oh. Firefighter Joe comes out, just guns a blazing. Sets a, he's an arsonist. He set a fire already. He'll be on the pod at some point this season as well. He's going to unleash his hot takes and extinguish hours. I'm actually looking forward to that. Oh, me too. But uh, thank you, Joe, little... for the five-star review. Thank you to the – I'm sorry. I think that was a little shot at me because I had the Eagles going, like, the 11 and 6 at one point. I think he's making fun of my Panther love too. Who, I mean, if you can't watch – I don't know what the if we're going to run into technical difficulties, but I roar the uh, – my straight off the boat from China, Robbie Anderson jersey tonight. Um, also, I want to sincerely thank the five people who gave us five star ratings. Although three of those are probably you and me, and negative, sir. I guess the uh, the, the 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 Apple Podcasts account. So, thank you to the two people who gave us five star ratings. Um, leave really us appreciate it. a five star rating. Send us an email. Send us a DM. Do whatever you want. We'll read out our favorite responses next week on the show. And what is that email, Rob? That email is paturnpod at gmail.com. No underscores, no spaces, no dots, no hyphens, no slashes, no numbers. Uh, what is the Instagram for one more time out there? PA underscore turnpod.
yeah, catch us next week. Um, if you have any topics you want us to touch on, send us a mailbag question, send us a mailbag statement. Like I said last week, you want to tell us we sucked. If you find any issues with what we said, feel free to also reach out. I found three little mistakes last week that I said. Um, I accidentally said that Jalen Hurts played five years in college. He only played four. Hassan Ridgeway was not on the team in 2017. And I also said the Eagles would finish third in the division, despite saying they would be the worst team in the division. So, hey, we're still cleaning up the uh, little issues. We're still trying to, you know, cross our T's and down our I's. We're going to get better at this. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Joel, any last words? Uh, yes. Again, we can't thank you enough for uh, supporting us. Like, And we're almost at 50 subs or, yeah, close to it if it's less than yeah. and again. Almost 100 followers on Instagram. Exactly. If we get a 100 followers on Instagram or 100 listeners, we'll do a fun little podcast. Uh, we'll, uh, we, won't, we won't say too much, but we'll just yeah, when we get If we get to 90 by next week, I'll unveil what that extra podcast will be. And anybody who nerds out about the NBA will enjoy that as much as we will. Facts. Well, all right, Rob. This is a, a great episode number two. Yeah. In the books. A short one today. Yeah, right? You <laughs> want to thank anybody who listened. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay well. We hope nobody was really severely impacted by the rain here on the East Coast. I'm actually going to go check my basement as we finish this episode to make sure we get any flooding. Uh, but everybody, please stay safe. Hopefully the worst of it has already come. Yeah, right. uh, We wish you all well. Uh, for sure. All right. For uh, Joel and Rob, this has been the PA Turn Pod. Route.